Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Today, we continue our top 100 favorite movies ever. This is part two, the 80s, not the 1980s, 80 through 89 on the top 100 of of our lists here. I am Colton Robertson. I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And for those of you joining us for the first time, perhaps don't. Go back and listen to the first, go back and listen to the first part, uh, 90 through 100. You don't listen to a top 100 and not get all 100. That's just, that's wacky. You got to go ahead and listen from the bottom to the top. And I think that's the way to go. But, you know, if this is the episode you're going to stick around for, this is the episode you're going to stick around for. So I'll go ahead and explain. This is our top 100 favorite movies ever. Mm. Not the top 100 best movies ever. Neither me or Joe feel we are suited or uh you know qualify sure that exists in the first place. yeah yeah no who can say if a top 100 best movies ever exists and it's not subjective it's all subjective it's art baby so we figured we would make lists that nobody could tell us was wrong uh there are favorites doesn't matter how good the movie is you can't tell me that it's wrong i like a movie more than another movie and i won't tell you i won't tell you the same uh we could disagree i'm okay with that but you can't tell me I'm wrong. If you uh, try to tell me I'm wrong, then actually you're wrong. You're wrong for that's saying how, I'm wrong. That's, that's how, how, that's that how favorites work. Yeah, yeah. that's how favorites work. <laughs> it's just not It's just not how favorites work. Uh, so, yeah, we each have a top 100 list. We gave our 90 through 100. So far, we have no movies in common. Yeah, I wonder. So far, so uh, good. I wonder how long it'll be until that happens. I mean... And I can't remember if you said any that I also have on my list, but uh, as far as within the same episode or within the mm-hmm. episodes we've covered, neither of us have said the same movie. Uh, so, so far, 22 different movies have been discussed, 90 through 100, and we're going to take it all the way up through uh, 80 this week, mm-hmm. 89 through 80, and I am ready. I think you have only said one, two three movies that i also have on my list so far Ooh. um yeah you've, you've said three actually four never mind all right um, yeah i think yeah. that I, if i recall correctly you did not have one that i have on my list at all i wouldn't think so yeah your top um, 100 is a lot uh different so a lot far. more exclusive for a movie like uh i don't know Cat in the Hat or um, Over yeah. the Hedge, you know, I I had a little bit of fun with my last. Yes, you did. You did have a you did have a good time. And no, I did not have any of those. Now that I'm looking at it, uh, The Incredibles was close. That is, I I told you I was thinking about going and adding it to the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to add it to the list, and it was already on here, just below 100. So it had occurred to me at some ah, point that it deserved okay. to be on here. It was thought um, of. That's good. It was definitely thought of, uh, to be sure. But 
What we're doing is the 80s. Like I said, 80 through 89. We're going to start at 89 and work our way up to 80. If you would like, Joe, you can go ahead and take us in once again. What is at 89? All right. Well, to preface this, usually every movie on here I watch and it gets better over time. I think this is one that has actually gone the opposite way. No kidding. Um, um, not for because the movie itself is bad, but just kind of like the core idea. Uh, I have a couple of war movies in this one. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I like the now um, the humanitarian war movies like the yeah. or that, you know, that I like like that a lot more. But this one, I can't really knock it. Um, it had to be on my list somewhere and it's 300 um mm. came out in 2006 by Zack Snyder um was just a movie that i mean my dad is obsessed with 300 i think like every dad in america is probably dad obsessed movie. with the movie 300 yeah. yeah so this was just one that i watched with my dad all the time and it made me feel really cool when i was young because like i felt like it was a movie i wasn't supposed to be watching mm. at all probably um, wasn't yeah no um i probably yeah probably shouldn't have uh because i mean back in in those times i mean I thought Leonidas, that was the cool, like the the idea of being one of those three hundred people would that was like the most badass thing to me. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna train every day. But now I look at it, I'm like, oh yeah, they they just took every kid and trained them, and if they didn't even like come close to their specifications, they just threw them off a cliff and murdered them. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, yeah, like, now that I actually know the story, you know, back is whenever I watched this as you know a kid, I was just like, oh, no, nah, but when you're when you're a kid, man, guys, the, the warrior yeah. the warrior culture thing was really yeah. cool. Like when you were oh, yeah. younger, you were like, "Oh, it would be so cool to be in the warrior clan." Uh, no, it wouldn't. That'd be fucking hell. No. Like yeah, where no. I'm at now, I'm uh-huh. like, "Fuck that, bro!" I would have, I would have been tossed off the fucking cliff. I'm gonna yeah. tell you that. There's no goddamn way I was lasting out in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Lena Headey, you know, is qu- the mm. queen in this movie, little Game of Thrones crossover there, which is nice. Michael this Fassbender, is- you got an X Men. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crossover there. He's Stelios. Uh, Fassbender. Um, is the, first, the main guy Gerard Butler? Yeah. Yep. He's Leonidas. This is one that I don't think I've ever seen in its entirety. I think yep. I've seen clips, obviously. I don't think this one ever made it around to me. And uh, unless we do a Zack Snyder's uh, director Ooh. spotlight, mm-hmm. I don't know that it will. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's that's the thing is that that's what I said. It's, it's kind of been a movie that as over time, I've just kind of cared less and less about. Mm-hmm. But um, it felt disrespectful to not have it, it on. Your list. It is made very well. Like if yeah. you're into that sort of thing, this like there's a reason why dads are obsessed with it. Like I they mean, love, they love yeah. history. They love I mean, history movies. The use of slow motion is insane. I, I think I, I don't know the exact fact, but I'm pretty sure I heard somewhere that if slow motion was ramped up to just normal speed the movie would be like 45 minutes long or something yeah <laughs> I, I, that, that might be like a hyperbole there, loves him yeah. some fucking uh yeah. some fucking slow motion that's his bag man yeah uh <laughs> it's a two-hour movie and uh i okay that's actually a little nuts i don't know if it's like it cuts the movie in half but i mean a lot of it is in slow-mo oh, i fully um, believe it but yeah i don't know it's just a big strong dude with abs and i was like yep i want to be leonidas one day and i want to be in the front of 300 299 other guys and just die i don't yeah. know like that's <laughs> literally, like you know that's literally what happened like i mean they were up against an army of freaking like yeah no they were not gonna live they no. were screwed um yeah. but i mean they made their stand it was really cool a cool movie you know to to kind of mm-hmm. 
I guess it did happen. Maybe it, uh, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, the battle probably happened, but exactly how you know, three hundred dudes. I guess. Like, that's the thing is that it was like at a choke point, so like even a big army, like it didn't really matter because if they like it was it was a super narrow choke, so they were just kind of holding this choke point on top of a cliff. Mm. So that's what they did. Whenever the army first came, there's a bunch of elephants and like. Huge things that they thought they were just going to roll over everyone with, but then they were like, nah, we, they backed them up into the back of the cliff and then just shoved everyone off. And then they got smarter and were like, oh, well, we'll just shoot you with a bunch of arrows. And then we're we'll smarter, not harder. That's my motto. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of weird things like the Persian army, like their leader, uh, and like stuff like it, a lot of weird things in that movie. A lot of stuff that has not aged well by yeah, any means, yeah. uh, as yeah, far as the reading sure. I've done on 300. I think we've done that live on the podcast before, dug into that. Maybe mm. it was a Patreon episode, but we kind of yeah. dug into the whole like, oh, 300 is a little bit of a, a fascist narrative, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's a little oh. strange. Yeah, watching it now with a, a more keen eye to that sort of thing. Yeah. But, um, but no, I've. Oh. Yeah, it's, it, I don't know. I, I, it's on my top 100 right now, but I mean, probably not for much longer is the thing. Cause I mean, I'm just watching the more, more movies, movies you and, watch. Yeah. The more so, movies I mean, you like. There's a reason I guess it's first after my like 10 childhood movies. I mean, like what a switch up it is going from the Incredibles to 300, you know, and like yeah, Cat not in the Hat the same Monsters type Inc. Movie. Um, but it's like kind of, I guess the bottom of my real movies list, I guess, if you right. want to call it that. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, where I'm starting with 89. The All right. I love it. I love it. My 89, I'm taking it to my first foreign language film. Ooh. Uh, we're going to a Japanese film called Rashomon, which was released in 1950, directed by Akira Kurosawa. This is the first of four Kurosawa movies on my list. Um, Kurosawa regarded as one of the greatest directors of all time. And for those of us who are big star Wars fans, a massive influence on George Mm. Lucas and on star Wars as a whole. But, uh, this movie has kind of gained a, (laughs) a notoriety and a classicness because of the very idea of it. There's a bunch of people or a couple dudes sitting at a place called Rashomon where, Mm -hmm. They're discussing a crime that happened, a crime they heard happened uh, and how they heard it and what the truth is to them, what this person said, what this person said, what they think happened, what the other person thinks happened. And it's all a different, different sort of version of the same event, mm-hmm. all kind of portraying it in a way that benefits or, you know, paints certain people in a different light compared to other stories. And so whenever, you know, something like that happens where, uh, there are a bunch of different ideas of what could have happened that day. Like a big one I'm reading, you know, we Oppenheimer released recently. I've been reading American Prometheus, the Chevalier incident where, uh, in the kitchen at, uh, Oppenheimer's ranch, whenever they're talking about like, uh, you know, Chevalier comes up and he's like, you know, if there's a way you want to pass some shit down the, down the wire, Mm -hmm. we could probably figure something out about that. And Oppenheimer goes, well, that's treason. There's a version of that story where Kitty is the one who tells uh, Chevalier that that's treason. And that's what it is from Kitty's perspective. And Chevalier says that the conversation ended in silence or something like that. So what what it's referred to in the book uh, is a Rashomon, uh, a Rashomon oh, that's cool. event. You know, like that's kind of a, and that's kind of what it's become known as. Um 
there's a Simpsons joke where uh, Homer Homer describes uh, the movie Rashomon, and he descri- I'm pretty sure he describes it incorrectly. And someone goes, "No, it's this," and he goes, "Well, that's not how I remember it." Um, which is kind of the whole point of Rashomon. Uh, and it's it's a really really good movie. Toshiro Mifune and Akira Kurosawa are kind of one of those all time director actor combos that's uh that just made so many classics together all four of the movies i have on here toshiro mifune was the lead actor and akira kurosawa was the director there so like uh this is the first of those and rashman is well worth your time uh it's also a quick one only just under an hour and a half so if you're uh if you're hesitant to foreign language films um, because it's a lot of reading and you've got to just sear your face to the television and, and, and all that. Um, no, I'm, I'm a an hour and 28 minutes. Yeah. I, same here. So like, but like an hour and 28 minutes, it's not a very long time to do it. And, uh, it's a good way to ease your yeah. way in. I think Rashomon is a really, really good movie. So I uh, strongly recommend. Yeah, and that's what I have in my 89. I need to need to get back into the older movies. Uh, that's for sure. Mm. Um, and I don't know whenever you're talking about like, uh, how, that event was known as like a Rashomon event. Like there was, I don't know. I've recently heard of a test that you watch a movie with uh, called the, the Bechdel test. Yeah. The Bechdel test. Um, And I've never, like every time I've watched a movie, I've like, I've been keeping this in the back of my head Mm -hmm. while watching. And I guess for those unaware, it's just to see how misogynistic a movie is. Um, and women can maintain a conversation without regarding to a man or sex. That is simply it. One conversation. One. A single Uh, one. Two women not talking about men in any way. And God, is it rare. Like, oh my lord. No, it doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, no. Um, And so, yeah, I don't know. I've I've just been watching movies with that, like, in the back of my brain. And now I have, like, a... Rashomon does not pass that test. Yeah. Nor did 300. Yeah, no. Definitely not. No. No. I think Lena Headey, probably the only woman that has voice lines... I'm like, I think there is straight up one woman in Rock. Yeah, I, th- like, I think, uh, yeah, I think there's, yeah, it's not even possible for it to pass in 300. Um, but definitely in 1950. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't assume, um, back then. But a lot of movies these days don't even pass. Um, but anyway, now I have a new little, I don't know what to call it, but movie reference thing in my toolbox. <laughs> yeah, no, the Bechdel test is definitely an interesting one. There's a Rick and Morty episode where they make a joke about the Bechdel test where, really? Uh, um, uh, Rick is like, he's like dying and he's like, you gotta tell a story, Morty. You gotta tell a story that passes the Bechdel test. And he's like, <laughs> uh, oh, what's that? He's like, it's a story where two women talk to each other about something <laughs> other than men or sex. Do it. And then he tells the story about them, like having their time of the month where like rainbows are shooting out of their vaginas. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. yeah. Like oh, they're okay. killing scorpions huh. or something, snakes. I don't remember. I think wow. it's a like train narrative episode, which is an ah, absolutely absurd okay. One. Now, um, now it's coming back. Okay. Yeah. Now, no, that's okay. a fucked up that's episode, but uh, yeah, the Bechdel test. It's a, it's a wild, wild uh, little way to view film through yeah. for sure. Oh yeah. Well, Another movie that doesn't pass it, because I believe there's only one female in the movie. Um, this is a kind of a, I think, a lesser known horror movie. But it was probably the first movie that actually scared me. Um, and uh, we had, and I'll get the movie out, I guess. It's it's called The Strangers, um, directed mm. by Brian Bertino. Um, and it came out in 2008. 
Um, and all it is is a, a newly married couple, or not even a newly married couple. They were just at a wedding, um, and I think maybe one like they're about to get married though. They're they're a couple that has been in get or uh, the relationship isn't that important, I guess. Uh, they they were they came from a wedding. It's like kind of a post um, in this house that they kind of like an Airbnb, but before mm-hmm. that was really a thing. But right, right, you know, right. they're they're Airbnb in this house just to stay in after this wedding. And three people in masks just kind of are outside their house creeping the fuck out of them. Um, only known to be one guy at first um, in a mask, and they just, just kind of stand there, just outside, you know, just uh, looking in, like, oh, at I first. Can't. And then, like, one knocks on the door, and then, you know, they, like, just talk like it's all normal at first, and then they just start slowly creeping on him and creeping on him. Um, and it's just, like, that's the thing, is that, like, nothing really that scary happens in the movie at all. Mm. But it, there's always this this like anything could happen at any yeah, point dread. And, yeah and like the the shots where you know they think it's finally all calmed down and they're like talking to each other and then you see in the background one of the guys just walks into the other room you know it's like but mm-hmm. no like it does, doesn't like it, it's just little things like that that keep you on yeah. the edge you're like oh god at any moment anything could happen yeah and and like one part of the movie like the couple they're freaked out obviously and well, they, yeah they find like a shotgun in one of the closets and they're like, all right, finally, we feel a little bit safe. And right. they hear, they hear some noise of someone kind of walking down the hallway and then kablammo, you know, he's right whenever they get past that doorway, bam, ends up being like one of his buddies from the wedding, yeah, not one even of the guys. one of the people. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my God, it's just like, it's all falling apart. Um, but I, lo- I like movies like that, man. You know, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a few great horror movies that like just, I'm not a big fan of watching horror movies, so they don't come to mind when I think of like my favorite movies of all time. Like the only way that that would have happened is that if it was especially special, you know, like it's, it's that fucking good. Um, but what would you, would you have the dawning of realization of over there? It was, uh, I, it was, we had these scary movie nights over my uncle's house, um, all the time. And this was, we'd always watch them like just, like Jaws would be kind of like a first movie we'd watch. Nothing that's like super scary, but kind of gets you in that thriller yep. mood. And then we'd watch like three movies a night, maybe sometimes even four. But then my uncle was like, "All right, this one's kind of one of my one of my favorites, you know." And 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 it it gets me, you know. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It just it's based on a true story as well. Like this is yeah. it's not even like a, a fake. Like this was I don't know. Apparently, it's happened. And yeah. the people who there's some Mormon kids. That were just going around and trying to, you know, on their bike or whatever, and like that's they mm. came up on the house and found this couple and Damn. all just in a mutilated blood everywhere. Cool. Um, yeah, that reminds yeah. me of like uh, when the stranger calls or when a stranger calls. If you're familiar with that one, you know it's oh, like yeah. uh, the call oh, yeah. is coming from inside the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, that shit, uh, uh-huh. that shit fucked me up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, but uh-huh. I just real, I just clicked on IMDb Live. Liv Tyler, uh, the the main female, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. cast, big horror in, movie girly too. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. Time. She's like the Galadriel. I, I don't know. Uh, let's see, Arwen. No, that's Galadriel um, is Kate Blanchett. I don't know why I said yeah. that. Um, Arwen. I I just remember her scene, and I still haven't seen those movies in full, but I remember her scene in there. But she's also in uh, Incredible Hulk. She's Betty Ross. Yeah, she's Betty. Incredible Hulk. Um, and yeah, it's I don't know, kind of, kind of. Oh, she's an Ad Astra as well. She's Eve and Ad Astra. Wonderful actress, yeah. Um, like she's a she's a talented lady. Um, and then the the main dude is 
Scott Speedman. Let's see if he's known. Yeah, not really. I guess anything else that's popping up that I know him from. Um, but no, it's just a, it's just a really thriller filled movie. Like, it's just your mm-hmm. heart's pounding for a lot of it, and that's that's the kind of horror I love. I like there are a few jump scares, but like it's really only like maybe one or two jump scares over like the whole movie and it's just outside of a window and you see their mm-hmm. face and they're just standing there or something like that. But a lot of the horror comes from just the, the, I don't like, I don't like over. anything where dudes just standing staring. Yep. Nope. I'm nope. good, bro. Why are you yeah. doing that? Yeah. There's a little Why girl with pigtails like just swinging. There's a swing set. She's just out there in the dark, just swinging, you know, just nope. super slow, like just a <laughs> little bit and just stare dead stare at them the whole time. It's like, <laughs> Nope, yeah. fuck no. no. Yeah, uh that's that's one of my deep dark fears, especially mm-hmm. like a like I got like a a woods in my backyard, mm-hmm. like a little mm-hmm. wooded area um just past our fence line. And like for ha- if I'm hanging out outside, I can go for a while and then no matter what, every single time at some point it will occur to me, what if someone's just standing out there? Yep. And I'm like, nope, I'm good. I'm gonna go back inside. Uh, could be, could be in five minutes. Could be in an hour and a half. But Once at some point, enters your mind, it's over. Done. Like it's like, yep, nope, okay, I'm done. Like, yeah, I, I go out, just look at the stars and like the moon mm-hmm. and stuff all the time. And then there'll just be some noise that's probably just the wind or something blow, you know, yeah. blows. Yep. And I'm like, oh well, that sounded a little too human. A wind or chime else. in the distance. Yeah. Just... Nope, fuck no. Sorry, I've had Bye. my fun for tonight. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back inside. Um, <laughs> but. But yeah, just uh, I don't know if I kind of a, a a lesser known horror movie. I think not a lot of people know about this one, but I I really I don't know. It's not that great of a movie, not a masterpiece or anything. But if you want just a creepy time and your heart to race for a good probably two hours or so or an hour yeah, and a half, like that. yeah, that's that's uh, I like that. That's all it is. But yeah, The Strangers uh, at my eighty nine, no eighty eight. 88 i like it i like it a lot uh my 88 is a movie that previously was not on this list and uh Mm. just kind of climbed after i got honest with myself after the first episode (laughs) after the first recording it became much more clear to me where i wanted certain things you know i was like okay I guess I just wasn't being honest with myself when I made this list. Now that I've mm-hmm. said things out loud, I know what feels right. <laughs> so uh, there were a few movies that were outside the top 100 that elevated. Rashomon was one of them. And my 88 is another. This is where I have 2020's Tenet directed Ooh, by Christopher Nolan. Wow, this low. Okay. Yeah, nah, it was it was one of those ones that was outside my top 100 period. Wow, so, okay. Yeah. I uh, This has also changed since we recorded our episode on tenant. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I've given it a rewatch since then and ahead of Oppenheimer. I, uh, I've gotten real with myself and in anticipation of Oppenheimer. I was like, Oh, you know what you gotta do? You know what you gotta do? Dunkirk into Oppenheimer. You gotta do Dunkirk into Oppenheimer, the world war two mm. duology. I did not do that. Yeah. Didn't want to, didn't feel like it. Dunkirk was a really, really, really good movie. And I liked it a whole fucking lot. But I have I've had no urge to revisit it since we talked yeah. about it. Um, yeah. Not as rewatchable as Tenet. Tenet. Tenet is extremely fun. Um, and there's one if if there if I'm being honest with myself, I'm I'm coming back to to watch Robert Pattinson a little bit. Fucking love Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a uh, if there if there if he's in anything, I'm there. 
Uh, that's a guarantee. And Tenet's one that I've I've watched a couple times in the last month, and once for the first time, once for the second time. And first time, it, you know, it took a little took a little adjustment, you know, kind of talk through it and being like, oh wait, yeah, I did like the second time I watched it, I fucking loved it. Uh, yeah. so uh, I liked it a lot, and that's why I got it at eighty eight here, Tenet. Yeah, that's that's kind of the the opposite of of three hundred. You know, ten like three hundred has just been going down, but tenant like I remember the first time I watched, it, I liked it and I thought that it was really cool. But like I just didn't fully get what was going on. But the second time that I watched it, which was for um, Nolan Spotlight, I'm like, oh wow, no this this was this is like a really cool movie. I got I got it pretty high up on my mm-hmm. list actually. Um, so I mean I'll. We'll get to it in actually a couple weeks, um, uh, several weeks actually. Noise um, is is the thing. Yeah, I like I like Tenet and a very a much much more rewatchable movie. Um, that's for sure. I, I feel like you kind of that's the thing with Nolan movies. You kind of get you get something a little more every time you watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, makes a lot of timeless movies, it seems. But yeah, I don't I don't blame you there. Dunkirk, it's I mean it, it I still have it really high on my list too, but uh, not as as rewatchable. I think. Um, no, for sure. But yeah, okay. Well, moving on to my eighty-seven here, um, I have another horror movie that I think is a little lesser known as well. Not sure, but it came out in twenty twelve called Sinister, um, by Scott Derrickson, um, but director it has... of Doctor Strange. Oh, wow! Didn't know that mm-hmm. one. Uh, but we got Ethan Hawke in here. He's the the lead actor in uh, Juliet. Juliet Rylance, maybe is how you say it, is, mm-hmm. is the mother. Um, but this this one is a I don't know, Ethan. He's kind of I'm pretty sure he's like an author. Uh, he write mm-hmm. he writes writes books. Um, and his wife um, is like a very she makes like miniatures, like doll, like very detailed miniatures. I don't know they're both kind of like artists a little bit. Right, their life's life's finally doing a little. You know, they're they're doing well. Uh, have a little bit of money now behind them. And they they move into a new house, um, but the you know it's a really really nice house for a pretty cheap cost, and you know mm-hmm. they're, they're getting the house tour and nice little convenient estate. price they're looking at. Real estate person is like, yeah, you know, there's not a lot of people really like this house. They say a lot of weird things happened. Um, oh yeah, by the way, uh, a family of five um, was hanged right outside of this house. All at the same time, nah. uh, they're all murdered here, and and Ethan Hawke's just like, oh, well, it's not gonna happen, you know, that happened to them, not us. This this is our house now, our home. Uh, so it's just they just kind of go on, and they're just it's normal uh, for a little bit, you know. It's everything's fine, nothing's really out of the ordinary. Um, but then Ethan decides to, I don't know, maybe want to call him by his character name here, uh, Ellison, Ellison Oswalt. Um, I love a first name. Yeah, uh, but he he goes up into the attic, um, and he finds a bunch of like film reels and uh, mm-hmm. even like a, a camera, like a film camera that can, a projector um, that can play him. And he plays the the films, and it's the killer from the last family. Like, mm-hmm. and he's just this kind of demented. Yeah, I, like, yeah. I don't I mean, even know if they, I don't even know if he's human. Like, I it's kind of like a a boogeyman of sorts. Ooh, um, yeah. But he like slowly just like is torturing the family. And then like, you just see it like one family member by one family member, just like just getting tortured. And it, the last film is of like the family getting 
getting hung yeah. and then yeah. and then it shows him putting the the box up in the attic and then like the the whole lore or thing behind this monster is like he won't come kill you until you watch those clips. Like, ah, if, like, of if course. Yeah, if you wouldn't have watched them, nothing happens at all. It's kind of like, I don't know. Um, that's like how he comes alive, I guess. Yeah, the guy's like, I <laughs> got your ass. Yeah. You didn't know until the end, but now you know. Yeah. Uh, what a goofy motherfucker, man. I love, I love that premise. That's, uh, that's dark. That's twisted again. Uh, yeah. that's another one I have not seen. Um, Another scary movie night from the uncle edition here. Um, this was one that one that gave me a little more scaries than yeah. even, even the strangers. Um, mm. This one, I mean, just a uh, a lot more involved in horror. This one is. People than, always than... like to talk about the like grounded horror that could actually happen, or the fantastical shit that you know is not possible. And they're like, which do you prefer, bro? I prefer the fantastic like from a just a per- perspective of having the most fun i prefer the fantastical shit that's like there's no way this fucking mm-hmm. happens because it doesn't scare me as fucking much i think yeah. that the real stuff does get a little sc- but if there is somewhere about uh, 60 40 in the middle uh-huh that shit fucks me the fuck up that's yeah. scary shit that's, whenever that's it's like it's real bad. enough mm-hmm. you know it's real yeah. enough no fuck that i don't like that yeah, they don't um, even really dive into like where this guy comes from. It's just, just is. He could be a human. I don't know. I, I I don't even know. He's just a. He has a mask or something. He has like a beeper every time it goes. I was like, oh shit, another person watched the tape. Gotta. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that could be it. Yeah, who knows? Um, but nah. Yeah, this this like it, it's every time. Like I like I'm thinking of when I go into a house. If I ever hear any story like this, it's just like yeah, no, okay, um. I'm good. Like I'm, I'm not. If I find an old box in the attic, um, I'm just gonna. Not for me, you know. It. I was okay without it. I'll be all right without it, you know, for the rest of my life. So, um, yeah. Attic. I don't know. I've always had the kind of this this weird fear of attics, but this one, this one just turned it up to to eleven. Um, but yeah, sinister. Um, I don't know if I. Yeah, 2012. Um, I think I said, hmm. yeah, Scott Dickerson, yeah, D- Doctor Strange. I would not a would not have guessed that. Yeah, very. Uh, there's a lot of those horror directors who end up going on to make uh, superhero movies. You know, Sam Raimi kind of mm-hmm. setting the standard there mm-hmm. with, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, with his shit. Um, Scott Derrickson, a big one. David Sandberg did The Conjuring and stuff, and now he did Shazam one and two. Like, there's a uh, there's a lot of that sort of feel. It's a uh, it's a fascinating pipeline, people going from horror to superhero movies. Hmm. Um, I think it's the camp of it all. You know, there's kind of a, uh, there's an element to the unbelievable that they try to make feel real. Yeah. And, uh, okay. Yeah, I see that. That's, mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah. making, I don't know, making someone scared and now you just flip it and make someone happy. You know well, I mean, I, I love when you can see it kind of bleed through into mm. the into the superhero movies. I mean, like Raimi, he was never like, "Oh God, this is so fucking terrifying." It, his his horror yeah. was more based in the camp of it all and being like, "Whoa, I'm gonna make a fun fucking movie where a bunch of dumb, scary shit happens." Um, that's kind of what the whole Evil Dead yeah, franchise like, is. Um, I mean, I mean even in Spider Man Two, like that scene of Doc Ock waking up and killing all those doctors. I was born and do- and 
in Spider-Man one, whenever he like, like uh, the, the flashes, the random jump scares that like, yeah. And then Peter dreams about, um, and then like, whenever he like busts through Aunt May's wall and like, uh, yeah, scary shit. Finish it. (laughs) Um, I mean, and then obviously the design for Venom himself and Spider-Man three formula. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, I mean, Kaiselius and Doctor Strange. He's not exactly scary, but like, if you're a, if you're, a, if you're, a you're young, it's like, oh, that's freaky. That's freaky that shit. Is scary. No, that uh, is scary as a kid. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. But yeah. Learn so much about these directors and, and and like actors that I never knew were in these movies until just now, like just having the IMDb pulled up. Mm. But um. But yeah, I know it's it's a fun little process learning who like even if you're not like, wow, I like 10 of this director's movies. If you like two of them, you're like, oh, shit, I kind of fuck with this guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and that's that's uh, that's how that goes. I appreciate like the the smaller scale of, of that mm. sort of thing. It's it's a lot of fun. But uh, my 87, uh, what I've got here is uh, is this my first? No, it's my second animated movie mm. after Soul. Um. 87 is where I have 2022's Pinocchio, directed by Guillermo del Toro and Mark Gustafson. It's uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, as it is formally called. Um, oh, act, that's like the actual name? Yeah, it's Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Like that's Zack act. Snyder's Justice League sort of thing, you know? Okay. Is that the actual name of that movie? Zack it's Snyder's just- Justice League? That's just not what people call it. That's oh wow! I didn't know that yeah, was that's, actually... that's that is what that is the name of the movie, which is kind of I fucking guess, baller. If, guess, if you yeah. if you as the director, it's not just like this is this person's movie. It is literally the title of the movie. That's kind of you got the fucking sauce at that yeah. point. Like you've been handed the keys to the kingdom, and <laughs> Guillermo del Toro absolutely was with his stop motion masterpiece. Uh, that is Pinocchio. This is the one that has like oh, over yeah, 100,000 yeah. shots or 150,000 shots or something like that. Um, one of the most moving movies I've ever watched. Um, the animation is so brilliant. It is so fucking good. Uh, Ewan McGregor uh, voices yeah. Jiminy Cricket, um, and he is fucking good at it. Uh this is probably my favorite adaptation of Pinocchio, including that OG cartoon that we used to watch when we were younger, you know, or at least what I watched when I was younger. Um, just incredibly innovative, incredibly creative. Guillermo del Toro is the shit. And he's, he said that he's going to be primarily doing animation from now on throughout the rest of his career. Um, he'll, he'll still make live action films, but animation is where his heart's at right now. And, Mm. Man, if this is any sign of what's to come, he's going to make some of my favorite movies of all time because this is at 87 simply because I've only watched it once and haven't watched it since. And I watched it as soon as it came out over a year ago. And I know I fucking loved it. I know if I rewatched it, this shit would launch up the list, but I needed to have certain things that I just kept where they were. Because I revisited a lot of stuff and I kept launching stuff way up the list. And I'm like, I got to keep some things where they're where they are or else it's just a vicious cycle where I'll keep watching the movies and they'll keep rising and et cetera, et cetera. But Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is so fucking good. Strongly recommend. Game of Thrones crossover. David Bradley as Walter Frey. uh, Ah, yes, yes. Geppetto, I guess, in there. Kate Blanchett. uh freaking christoph waltz like tilda swinton 
like it's a crazy cast. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I still still haven't seen it, but I've oh, dude, just avoid yeah what what you've told me about like just the craft of it in itself. Um, yeah, and that like that doesn't even begin to discuss like the the story of it all. You know, mm-hmm. uh, an incredibly innovative take on the the tale of Pinocchio, and I I can't recommend it highly enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, switching gears um, here for. For my uh, 86, back my last horror movie, um, at least for a little bit. Uh, for this episode, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, I, usually I don't like the gore and nasty stuff, but this one doesn't have too much in it. But the later movies are known for that. This is quite the franchise, but I really like the first one. And it's Saw, um, ah. 2004 by James Wan. Um, and... I remember went on this, to direct. Went on to direct Aquaman. Dude, what is up with it? Yeah, that this yeah. is a real thing. Yeah, horror yeah. just horror directors going on to to do superhero movies. But man, no, Saw was. I guess like the later movies. I mean, they're just gory like crazy. But this one, it was more of. Um, I don't know. You just have Jigsaw right there in the room the whole time, and when you're watching it for the first time, you're like, "Yeah, this is just a dead old dude." You know, you're not giving any thought into it whatsoever. And then he's just the mastermind behind it all inside the room the whole time. Like, you, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's It really is just two guys just in a room together trying to figure out, like, why they're even there in the first place. Um, and, like, just how, like, the the mystery slowly unravels. Um, like, you have, yeah, Danny Glover. He's, like, the the lead detective um, in it. And he's, like, slow, like, obsessed with Jigsaw, slowly finding out more and more. Um but I, I don't know, I just like the uh the the climax of the movie, I guess, you know, is is the I kinda always forget how Michael Emerson, I know him from Lost, um, but he's kind of like a helper for Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. Um and he has he has one of the main main dudes family captive. Um and, and the guy has to get out of there, but they're shackled up, so he just chops off his ankle, you know, with with the saw and 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 that's he just climbed on out of there, um, but I don't know. Just that that fir- like first time I watched it, just that twist of of Jigsaw being there the whole time and standing up. Like uh, who knows how he was able to stay that still for like hours and just not I don't know, not have them know that that dude's alive, just laying there right in the middle of their room. But um, for some reason, like. I was I was on board and I'm like, yeah, no, it's, Jigsaw's like not a murderer. Actually, like legally, because like he gives them their own chance to get out of these things, you know, like and they're bad people. So like he doesn't actually do the murder, but like he's obviously the one kidnapping them and putting them in the situation. I don't know why, like at one point I like defended Jigsaw. Like I thought of it just as like, if you're gonna be a killer, be like this guy, you know. <laughs> um, but like, I, make like, it fun. Yeah, but like, and that's the thing is that like, like he he in the later movies, I guess he captured like way worse people, and like we're like, yeah, mm. you've just done heinous crime. But these guys, it was like a doctor was- that didn't give him the treatment that he wanted, or something was one of them, and then the right. other was just a dude who like stalked, just like just took Tom who lives down the like street. That. He's my neighbor who's kind of annoying. Yeah, and I walk so, outside. Like, he goes, "What's up, neighbor?" And I just want to fucking kill him. Yeah, and, <laughs> that's uh, let's, let's put him in a room, just torture him before he dies, and just let him go a little crazy before he God dies. God damn, you know? Yeah, no, I've never, I've I, again, another franchise, never seen a single one. Yeah, it, 
I mean, the franchise goes, it gets crazy. I mean, like, there's... There's about to be Saw 10. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, and Saw Patrol, the sad attempt at, like, trying to replicate Barbenheimer (laughs) here is, like, no, like, you know, at least with Barbie and Oppenheimer, like, people were going to go out to see those movies, but, like, who's going to go see Paw Patrol that's not an actual, like, parent or child? No no self-respecting adult is going to watch Paw Patrol, the mighty whatever the fuck. And no um, one's really even gonna watch Saw either. Like, no, I mean, I'm not seeing either. No, yeah, me neither. Saw's in, in in my top 100 list. I have no interest in the tenth movie. I mean, like, I've probably seen like. <laughs> I was just looking into Michael Emerson. He's in this one, and he's in Saw: The Final Chapter, the final chapter, which came out in 2010. Um, yeah, yeah, like my he apparently i don't know he was like a helper i remember that one yeah that, that's all the other saw movies are such like this foggy just mess of of just it's just montages of people dying mm. in the most crazy ways and like you got to be fucked up to even come up with these situations like who like whoever's writing this shit is just demented in their own right like to to come up with these situations to put like a bear trap on someone's like face and then as it just has a timer connected to it and if they don't if they don't get a key out in time it's gonna rip their face open oh and by the way that key is inside of someone's stomach that they have to get out with a scalpel and dig around and find the key jesus it's, fucking it's, oh, christ yeah that person's not dead either they're alive um so oh, yeah um yeah it's like my god that, that's just the first one um, that's just, that's just, that's just movie number they, one they go so crazy um eventually but yeah this one it's a lot more uh narrow than all the other mm-hmm. song movies a lot more just just there's very, a point it feels yeah, like yeah thriller a little bit of psychological thriller in there too uh i would i, I, I would say so that. uh you know yeah it's, uh, even if you're not the one being killed, there's a certain psychological effect that watching this happen to someone else will have on you. Yeah, um, it's it's. I mean, goddamn, they come up with some some wild scenarios. James uh, Wan, you nutty motherfucker. Yeah, um, I mean, man, I I guess it's better to put it in a movie and not like use those thoughts for act. You know, to actually do them in real life. I'd rather it be in a movie and not real life. Um, but just the fact that someone came up with all this shit is, is nuts in the first right. place. Um, but no, yeah, yeah. I actually, uh, I actually have two horror movies in this episode oh. and what you'll find is that they're no longer scary. Maybe they were at the time they came out. Now they're just certified classics and they're enjoyable to watch, um, mm. without knocking my fucking pants off mm-hmm. um my 86 is night of the living dead released in 1968 directed by george romero Ooh. Uh, this is kind of the movie as far as i can tell that gave us the modern perception of zombies as, yeah. as it's portrayed in film um yeah, that's sad. It's, the only reason I even know this movie is from COD Zombies, or or that I know George Romeo. Oh, I thought George he was Romero, a, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was a character made in Call of Duty. Um, that's why he's that's why he's in Call of Duty yeah. Zombies, is because he, he kind of birthed zombies as they are known yeah, modern. It's pretty sick, though. Um, um, yeah, it's an homage. Now I know that, and it makes a lot more sense. Not just a random director that they had in a map in Call of Duty Zombies, but... Mm. Um, no, yeah, George Romeo. Huh, I want. That's. I don't know. I've never, never actually seen any of his movies, but 
But, uh, very, very talented director, and this is this is the only Romero movie that I have on here. Um, just kind of groundbreaking in the way that it portrays, you know, zombies. I like zombie movies. That's one of my favorite subgenres of like the the I, I call them Halloween movies more than I do scary movies because they're not scary, but I like watching them around spooky season. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just kind of the vibe, the creature feature, monster flicks. Yeah. Those are those are a lot of fun. And, uh, this is, this is absolutely one of them. And, uh, it, it, it actually was kind of groundbreaking in that it had a, a black man as the lead as well in a cast oh, of all wow. white people also. And 68 um, too. And 68. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, and he's the hero of the film, you know, like he is the, he's the one who is right. Every time someone's like, Oh, we need to do this. He's like, no, you chill the fuck out. We'll be fine. We hold it down. This is what we're going to do. And ultimately, like the way this film ends is just so gutting. Like, it's just kind of like, ah, fuck, man. You Mm. fucking serious. Um, Just because it's, uh, you know, Night of the Living Dead, man. You're not, not a lot of people are making it out of that movie. I was going to say, uh, yeah, uh, it probably isn't a good, nice, happy ending. Uh, maybe no, a little. it's bit not. And it's know. actually, it's actually gutting for a reason you will never anticipate unless you watch the movie. Um, but, uh, just, just an all timer, just an absolute classic mm-hmm. and, uh, undoubtedly one of my favorite scary movies, quote unquote, to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't wait to give it another watch sometime around Halloween. I'm very excited for that. So, uh, Night of the Living Dead is what I have at 86 from 68. All right. Man, yeah, I'm kind of jealous of all these older movies that you have. I just, I just, I don't know. I haven't broke that barrier yet for some reason. It's a like, fun barrier to break, but hey, next time, next top 100, baby. That's why, that's why we're going to do this again sometime. This is true. Um, and in the horror streak, moving on, I guess kind of a, a little thriller ish, but not really. Um, this is, I have at my, what are we on? 85, Captain Phillips in 2013, ah. uh, Paul Greengrass directed. Um, okay. but yes, starring Tom Hanks. Um, I am the captain now, uh, for, yes. you know, that, that's, that's classic. well, I mean, if, if you want to just anyone direct, I mean, anyone who's seen the movie, you know, that line or people who probably haven't even seen the movie know that line. No, that's a, that's that, that line broke the barrier from being a movie reference to just being a pop culture reference. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, it's kind of, I think I've only probably seen this movie twice, maybe three times. Um, I, I don't think so. Um, excruciatingly but, memorable. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, Tom, like Tom Hanks, I, like, I love Tom Hanks. Like I don't yeah, know, he's he's just just a, a a really good actor, and it if you know he's in a movie, you know it's like pretty legit. It's got it's got some cha- it's got a chance at the yeah. very least. And uh, like there there were some other Tom Hanks movies that I was thinking about, like putting on here, like uh, Castaway didn't quite make it, but I I really like um, what is it Greyhound when he piloted uh, a plane and like landed in the Hudson. Um, I think that was. I think it was called Greyhound. No, that's a that's a Greyhound's different a different movie. Greyhound. That's so, yeah, he did play movie. Sully Sullenberger. That's true. I think it's called Sully. Sully. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Sully. Yeah, almost made it. Greyhound was a different movie that he was also in. That he was the captain of a battle. He's a captain, kind of a lot now that I think got that energy. Kind of yeah, captain pilot the role. Conductor of the train. Um, yeah, Polar Express. Yeah, I guess. Oh yeah, I already already had him, um, in here. 
So I guess my my second Tom Hanks movie here. Um, Love that. Will not be the last, um, actually. Um, But I don't know. It's just a a very memorable movie that I I remember watching. And after watching, I'm just like, man, that was... Like, you just know when you're finished with the movie that you're, man, that was a great movie. Like, that's, yeah. I, I'm I'm glad that I was alive during this movie coming out. Now, I, I bet, like, I saw it, like, probably when it came I'm out. I'm fairly certain I saw it in 2014. Like, yeah. it was it was kind of a cultural moment in yeah. an odd way where, like, I remember very vividly in middle school seeing it with, like, multiple friends, which is kind of bizarre. Yeah. Um, huh. Yeah, I don't think Captain I saw it in Phillips. theaters. Yeah, I don't think I saw it in theaters. Well, um, I don't think I did either. I think it was like a, we bought it, we like rented it mm-hmm. at home. When it was a like Redbox type movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think this this it feels like a Redbox movie night kind of movie. Um, and that was always a gamble. I don't know from Redbox, you never knew what you were gonna get. Yeah, you were just kind of like, this seems dope. Let's yeah. go ahead and pull that. <laughs> yeah, what a what a time. Yeah, now it's even before that, man. I miss I miss a video store, man. Blockbuster man. was the shit. Come on, dude. And I got that. I got that when I was super young. You know, like I, I I remember going there fifteen years ago. You know, uh, and just kind of being like, "Oh my god, I fucking love this place." I just, I just ran around just looking, just looking. Like it was, it's, it's different. Just holding like a movie and being like, Mm -hmm. "Oh, I can put this in my little VCR thing and and watch." You know, when I get tapes, bro. The fucking Uh, tapes. Yeah, the VHSs. That was the shit, mm. and we got that on the tail, like at the tail end. You know, I'm glad like, we were around for that, though. You I, know, I am too. Every once in a while, me and my dad will be having a conversation about some shit like that, and my little brother will be like, "What the fuck are y'all talking about?" Yeah, yeah. One like, time I mean, we told him that we had a box TV that's back was about two feet, like two feet long, mm-hmm. a foot and a half or something like that, and he was like, "What the fuck." Yeah, it was what, like what why? Was for? What, what? What's the point? What's the? It was, it was a giant fucking cube, basically, <laughs> and uh, heavy as shit. TVs yeah, it was not like so heavy. Um, but yeah, VH. When you rewound a VHS, you didn't see what was going on. You saw a blue you screen. Were, ah, that's to, what we, yeah. we were telling him about how if you got too close to the television, like your hair would start to stick oh, up. The like static. The static, yeah. the static oh, I would. I would rub the TV and run to my mm-hmm. brother and just shock the shit out of him. All yeah, the time. exactly. Exactly. My brother was like, "No idea. No idea what the fuck y'all are talking about." And mm-hmm. I was like, "God damn it! That makes sense. That's crazy." It was mm-hmm. one of those times where I was just like, "Man." I'm only 23, bro. Like I am by no means old and I'm not trying to act like I am, but the way times change is kind of bizarre yeah. and I've gotten to witness it in the very slightest sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of the first time I did. Uh, but yeah. yeah, big time, big time red box movie, Captain Phillips. Yeah. 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 But, uh, I don't know what I, I need to, to give a watch again. I haven't seen it in so long. Um, I love me a Tom Hanks movie, and I've been watching a lot more with him lately. I don't know. Every once in a while, I'll just turn on a movie, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, Tom Hanks is in this. You know? Like, it, it's oh, yeah. just been kind of happening a little bit lately. Um, mm-hmm. And Ooh, I really, really like Private it. Ryan didn't it's make my list, but now yeah, it could have been one of the war movies. But Pretty sure that's a, that's a Spielberg right there, Saving mm-hmm. Private Ryan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. And He's got a crazy fucking catalog, yeah. man. Yeah, he uh, does. Um, but we'll, I'll get to him a, a little later on. Yeah, there's a few Tom Hanks Spielberg uh, collaborations: The Post, um, The Terminal, Saving Private Ryan. 
catch yeah. me if you can. Like it's a it's a fruit bridge of spies, fruitful little category there. Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, Asteroid City as well. I'm like, I, I swear there was yeah, a movie he very was in, sort of new. Well, that's one of my favorite Tom Hanks yeah. performances. Period. Like, uh, absolutely yeah. love him in that, and we will get to that. But in the yeah. meantime, I'll go ahead and do my second horror ish adjacent movie kind of another it's another oldie another kind of trendsetter kind of setting things in motion that wouldn't otherwise happen in horror movies and thus they seem like parodies of themselves at the time you start to at the time you watch it because you're like wow this is so elementary seemingly compared to what everything else is but because it's the first one that did it it's actually one of the greatest movies of all time and that movie is uh psycho Directed by Alfred Hitchcock, which came out in 1960. And I said elementary. People are going to, like, film heads are listening to this. They're going to fucking flame me for that. It's by, it's by no means elementary. Like, it's a, it's a fantastic movie with, uh, twists that you can, you're going to see coming from a mile away now. But at the time I had to be like, no fucking shit. That's dope. You know, like, uh, it's, it's a brilliant little story where uh you kind of get this faux pas of a first act in the movie where you're like, oh, this person's going to be the main character. I love this. You're about 40 minutes into this, I got to guess, hour and a half movie. Uh, hour and 40 minute movie. You're about 40 minutes into this hour and 40 minute movie and the main character gets fucking killed. Like that's, uh, and I was like, oh, okay, dope. I'm in. Let's see what this shit's about. Um. If you're familiar with Bates, the Bates Motel or the Bates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, That's that's what this originates from. Uh, Norman, Norman Bates is the main character in this movie or not the main character, uh, but a a very, very important character. Norman Bates. um, And inspiration on Patrick Bateman, like in the American Psycho. I mean, that's just interesting. Distinct possibility. Distinct Um, possibility. Uh, The American Psycho has a little bit more uh, joie de vivre. Uh, you can, I mean, he's a douchebag in every sense of the word, but, mm. uh, Norman Bates is an awkward little shit. Okay. Um, okay. Whereas American psycho Patrick Bateman is a little bit more, uh, self-confident, you know, he feels himself a little bit more. Very much so. In yeah. the worst way possible. Schwad of was probably the wrong way to put that. Um, <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an absolute classic. It's the only Hitchcock movie I have on here, but, uh, Alfred Hitchcock, another legendary director that I wanted to give respect in some capacity because, um, there's just so much in his catalog that is so influential on horror movies and movies at large. Like, uh, mm-hmm. Grand Budapest Hotel has a, has a scene where, it's just Hitchcocky and out the ass. The, when Jeff Goldblum is getting chased through the museum by Willem Dafoe. Mm. That whole thing is very Hitchcock feeling. Yeah, I've, I've heard that name. That's for sure. Hitch. Like yeah. I've, I've heard that name. I just haven't, haven't seen any of his movies. The, the imagery of like a white bathtub with water running into the faucet and then blood trickles down the bath and swirls down the drain. Psycho. That's where that started. That's, okay. that's the first place that did that. Um, the first uh, ladies in the shower and outside the shower curtain, you see someone walking towards the shower curtain. Oh, yeah. That's a psycho, you know, like it's, it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of stuff that kind of set, set shit in motion for horror movies in the genre at large. So I love me. I love me some of it. And, uh, this one, I think it, it strikes me as a little bit freakier 
then Night of the Living Dead. You know, uh, the makeup work in Night of the Living Dead is fantastic, but you know, it's, it's 60s zombies and zombies at large aren't all that scary anyway. Um, as far as on screen, I mean, if I saw a fucking zombie, I'd be scared shitless. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but like watching them in movies, I feel pretty comfortable. That's, that's something that's not going to freak me out a whole lot. Uh, this is one of those ones where it's like, ah, not incredibly feasible, but this could, this could happen. This isn't, this isn't ridiculous. Uh, and I, I love I love this movie, man. It's Alfred uh, Hitchcock, born in eighteen ninety nine. That's damn. I don't know. That's, that's just kind of nuts to hit. Like that's that's the nineteenth century baby right there. Eighteen hundreds, man. I mean, at the very n- tail end of it, but but man, um, no, it's just crazy to think. Like I don't know why I always think of like a black and white movie as like just this ancient thing, but like it's. Not really that long ago. 60 years ago, man. Yeah, it's like, it's not really that long ago. And time. even then, like, it was only an option. Like, there was Technicolor movies and Cinesc- like, like, those, there were colored movies in the mm-hmm. 30s and in the 40s, you know, but like, there were people who were like, I'm going to make a fucking black and white movie. Like, that was just, the, it was also more expensive to get it colored, like, yeah. all these sorts of things. So, like, uh, hmm. Might as well just make a black and white movie until it, you could just shoot film in color. And when that could happen, it was raps. Yeah. And I mean, some, some movies didn't even have audio. It was some, you know, you had to, the fucking, heard, you saw them talk and then you read it. The subtitles weren't even there on the screen at the same time. It was a whole separate thing. You read, read afterwards. Heading down to the picture house. Going to catch Ooh, one of them talkies. The, talkies. Is that what it is? Talkies are the, it's what they called them once they could hear them they were silent so films silent is that just what they called them silent film? i felt like there's a, a name for them for some reason like uh i don't know why it might have been movies um, because that's all they were yeah that's i all guess they were i guess um, yeah and it's it's um, returned to being just movies again um yeah. huh. i don't know though i wonder if they'd be that's so interesting. They were always called movies, you know, or pictures. Pictures was a popular term. Mm-hmm. I don't know my, I don't know my history yeah, all I guess that well. Not during that time period. Like we call the, like what do we refer to non-speaking movies as now? Because oh, silent films. Okay, okay. I, I don't know why I thought there was like a single word for them. Um, I'm pretty sure. And I don't know what that would yeah, be. I'm pretty why. sure it's just silent films. Yeah. But uh, okay. Um. Well, yeah, no, no silent films on mine. There are a few I want to make it around to, but I just haven't yet. No silent yeah. films on this one. They're all talkies. Well, we're heading down to the picture yeah. house. I'm going to catch a talkie. See, I I do have a hundred talkies on my list. Um, Nothing but no, talkies. See, yeah. no, no, uh, no silent ones yet, but maybe one day. Um, but moving on to what are we on now? 84. Um, 84. I have a war movie here and. Really, the reason I like it, the, the mo- like, a big reason is just visually this movie is kind of insane. Um, and it is Sam Mendez's 1917 that came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of, a lot of numbers being thrown around there, but, uh, just a, a World War One movie. Um, and I mean, I just remember, like, watching this for the first time and, like, some of the shots are just incredible. I remember that. Um, it, it looks like it's all in one take. Yes. Yes. The whole movie. Like, yeah. I mean, it, like you never stop. Like it is, you are just going and going and going. I think you might like 
sit down for a little bit with like a like at this town that's kind of just all rubble and there's like this one woman and a baby that have like just take like taken shelter there they haven't left and like they're just and then this like they meet with them and like you kind of sit there for maybe like 10 minutes and then like i think that might be the only time in the movie that's really like where it stops but i mean yeah it's just you're following this like soldier the whole way through the movie and just seeing like how like just how war affects people and like how what they just had to go through and it's just like God, like I, I, like a one shot, like it's trench, you know, trench war. They're in the trenches. This dude has to go tell his captain to to not attack. I forget the reason why. Uh, I think they're like, I don't know. They they had to call off the attack. Benedict Cumberpatch is the the captain. Uh, uh, you get to or a general or or whatever the title may be. Um, but he he has to get to him and tell him no 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 call off the attack. But as he's running like in front of the trench you just have like i mean it's like this one shot like just track just pulling back and like you just see explosions just just the front lines clashing and like like just the absolute chaos that it was like they i mean the dude the actor ran into another guy fell down apparently it wasn't even supposed to happen but they just kept it in because it was like authentic Yeah. yeah i mean it feels feels real and that's like the whole movie it feels just so authentic. Oh, that's cool, man. It's a, it's an incredible achievement visually with a uh, specifically an action war movie. Like yeah. that's imagine how much effort went into that. Like the yeah. the pyrotechnics and the the special effects, like the explosions and stuff, all happening when oh. they're supposed to. Like just kind of masterfully blocked and choreographed. Just mm. a I've never seen that movie. Uh, oh, that's, that's one that yeah. I still have not watched. Um, wow. I have, I have one on my list that l- appears as though it is all in one take. Um, mm. but it is not 1917. Yeah. It's um, very well, like visually is just insane. Like even when yeah, it's, it's not, it is not a horror. Like, yeah. I mean, not a horror, not an action movie by any means. Like it's a, it's just a, it's just, it, it plays like a play, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, you mean your movie does? Like, yeah, that's it, like, oh, okay. Oh, but, but that's kind of what those Warner movies kind of feel like yeah. because there's no cutting. It's just, it's just, it just seems like acting that never stops. Yeah. There's no pauses. And man, that's, I wonder if they like, it'd be so weird because maybe they did it chronologically, but like, it's so weird to think that these actors are just hopping in, shooting scenes and like, it's. It's not chronological. You know, they right. probably didn't shoot it chronologically. That just doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, like logistically. It's like if we're in this location, we're going to, I don't know, maybe it is. Who knows? Um, and it does but, vary movie to movie, you know, like some directors are like, we're going to shoot it. Like we're going to shoot it this way because it would make it feel more real, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, the practical, like there's our that scene with that mother and, and baby that were there in that town that's super just destroyed. It's at nighttime, like super dark, and they're running away from people. And then, like the town, like one building catches fire, and and like you you just see all the reflections like off the ground, off the water, like off the fire and things like that. And but but really, it's just they built this huge light set, like I mean, like ginormous, just lights everywhere, like light array. Um, and like it just it sold the effects so well that like you're <laughs> thinking like it does it you like. There's not really a shot in this movie that you're like, oh, that's that's obviously like computer, you know, generated or anything. Like it, it looks real, real the whole time. Yeah, um, man. 
love shit like just that. Just very gritty and you know not like not not a very humanitarian esque. You know, I mean like it, it is kind of like let's stop fighting like at the end of it and like you know we don't even need to do this in the in first place. But it's like um, there's a very basic level to a lot of war movies. Like a very basic takeaway that I feel like if you're making a war movie should be how you feel at the end, which yeah. is wow, this fucking sucks, doesn't it? You know, like that's, yeah. if you're making a war movie, at the very least, do that. And I think a lot of them do a very good job at just accomplishing (laughs) that. Um, Like, oh, the idea of just being drafted and thrown into that situation is absolutely insane. Um, But yeah. But yeah, my uh, 84, 1917 and 2019. When it came out. I have... uh, my 84 is the first one where I think it's kind of like a, oh, down here, huh? Mm. Like, okay. oh, all the way down here, huh? Okay. Um, this is the first of three superhero movies in a row here at 84. Um, this is where I have Spider-Man from 2002 directed by Sam Raimi. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> Told you. Told you it was gonna, it was gonna oh. feel like, that. um, <laughs> I don't have many superhero movies on here. I think mm-hmm. I have seven, maybe. Um, okay. And a lot of that is to account for entire trilogies or franchises. Just go, mm-hmm. I wanted to give them this one. Um, this one is actually not one of those cases. This is like the Spider-Man 2 and 3. I, I truly don't believe I, I enjoy quite as much as some of the other movies that mm-hmm. I put on here. Um I do, I, and I love those movies. Don't, like, that's the thing. I love all these movies. And Spider-Man 2 and 3 are both outside the top 100 on this list. They're just not in the, they're just not in the top 100. Mm. Uh, Spider-Man is, is, it's a special one, man. We just talked about this a couple weeks back, uh, for the comic book movie journey through film. Probably shit, probably a couple months back now, but, uh, it's, uh, it's a certified classic. We've talked about it on oh, yeah. so many occasions an all timer and the, the nostalgic factor. Toby Maguire was the Spider-Man I grew up with. You know, I was born in 2000. This movie comes out in 02. Yep. Uh, all, all I know is Toby Maguire, Spider-Man for 12 years. You know, that's it. Pretty confident. I mean, there's probably two movies that I've watched this many times, like, and it's Spider-Man and Revenge of the Sith. If I had to mm-hmm. like, if I like, I don't know which one is more. Um, I'd probably assume Spider Man because I literally blew up that VHS and it screwed right. up our TV. I mean, like we just, I don't know, it really sucked. Blockbuster uh, VHS there, uh, Dunzo. Um, Dunzo. Yeah, I w- watched the shit out of that. Um, and, yeah, yeah, and I knew, like, I was like, this one is going to get its love later on. In oh, the, it will. In the show, oh, in the it will. Yeah, uh, so I feel that that was another thing that I always fall into whenever we do top 100s is going like, okay, well I can give some shine to other movies because I know Joe is going to give shine to certain oh, yeah. stuff, and this is one of them. However, you know, it's just uh, you know, in, in terms of my top 100, I love all these fucking movies. They're just a lot of movies I love, man. It might just be a, a lot, lot of lower movies. than you think. Actually, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know where you might think I I do have it, but it, it's not even my my top comic book movie of all time. I have, ah, I have two above it. I think this might be the first. Um, this might be the first one that I've listed as far as com uh, as far as Marvel or DC is concerned. I did say Scott Pilgrim versus the World, uh, but other than that, no, just just Spider Man. 
Yeah, I mean, I love, love me some Spider-Man. Um, and that's, that was my childhood. We, we shall get to that, but, uh, it, it will be weeks and weeks away. I, I can still say that. Um, that's, that's for sure. Um, but wow, yeah. I guess, I don't know. It, like, an, an 84 for you is kind of like a, a 50 for me, I feel like. I don't, like, I, I wonder how many levels, you know, what the, the gap is, you know. Yeah, like, a, um, that would be interesting. I don't know. Um, just the I just love amount. a lot of fucking movies, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I think you've just you've seen just so many more than I have. Um, and, I've watched a ridiculous amount of movies just this year alone. Um, just way too many. I I, I recently tweeted that uh, work is just a place I go to to do yeah. something with my hands while I watch a movie. <laughs> I saw that. Um, I'm I'm on a roll the last couple of days where I've watched like three or four movies a day, and it's because we're so dead at work that I can watch two movies while I'm there. And it's like, why wouldn't I do that? You know, like in my head, I'm like, I got nothing else to do besides pour shit into Lexans and do nothing else. Every once in a while, I go for a drive, come on back, just do the same shit. Like I'm gonna watch a couple movies, dog. I don't blame you. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, you're getting the numbers up. That's for sure. Like, I mean, you, yeah, it's, it's a lot. But uh, let's see. Now on to eighty three. Yeah, yes, eighty three. This is um, taking a little break from the the war movies, um, and I'm I'm going on to two thousand eighteens, um, directed by Bradley Cooper. I actually, didn't know he directed it, but uh, Star oh. is Born. Yeah, um, with him and him. Lady Gaga. Gaga. Oh yeah, and uh, I mean, the first time I watched this, like the ending, like that, I did not know that's where it was going. Now I watch it, I'm like, man, how did I not know that that's where it was going? You know, now, um, but it, it really took me off. Like it shocked the hell out of me when the first time I watched, it, and I was just like, no, this. I was a mess at the end of this movie, um, and and I don't know, just a. A hell of a performance by Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, like just their the singing talent they have in it alone. Like I don't know, just um, made some some very good songs in this that I, I still listen to. Um, and like I loved whenever like Bradley Cooper would would go around like with like Gaga on some of her tours, and they'd sing the song together. Like and oh, people were like, people were like, oh, fucking palpable. Yeah, yeah people were like, they have to fall in love. Like they I have to I, get married. I like, can't remember I, what award show they performed at, but it was like the it was either the Oscars or the Grammys. But they mm-hmm. performed "Shallow" together, yep. and it was like actors are so good at what they do, dog. This like, is so convincing. Like, yeah. uh. How do you not like like how <laughs> how do you not fall in love with someone like that? You know, there like, was, it's, it's just business for them, which is insane. There's like, actually a really interesting example. There was an HBO series or a mini series last year, the year before, called "A Scenes from a Marriage," which was like a remake of a classic movie from the fifties. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain, and I don't know if you've watched some of the like comparisons, yeah. like while they're on like a red carpet, and it's like, oh. These two are, these two are in it, you know? Um, yeah. there was a tweet the other day where Jessica Chastain answered a question that was like, uh, how was your relationship with Oscar Isaac altered after scenes from marriage? And she was like, Hey, I love Oscar Isaac, but after we finished that role, we were kind of like, we need to, 
go ahead and step back a little bit. Like they, they left set asking, what are we type shit? Holy uh, crap. Like that's, a, that's some intense stuff, you know? And that's how, like, if you want to make a good fucking move, like a good fucking movie, sometimes you get engrossed like that. It's kind of like, it's a, uh, and this is one of those times where, uh, Stephanie Germanata, Lady Gaga mm-hmm. and, uh, Bradley Cooper, they were in it, man. It felt like they were in it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I remember just everyone like posting their performances and being like, "All right, when's the wedding? Like, how? Like, how are yeah. you guys not ma- like? Bradley there must Cooper's be something. like whole ass married with a kid. Yeah, yeah, like-, like totally. Yeah, it's like, oh no, he's definitely gonna leave his wife and his children to to marry someone that he, you know, is, it just acted in a movie with. It's just, it's just their job. You know, that's just what they do. They just work on a movie, fall in love with someone. I mean, not <laughs> you know, act like they're falling in love with someone, and then just go on with their normal. Cut. Hey, have a nice day, buddy. Deuces. Yeah, insane. Um, but other than that, I don't know. It's just a, just a heartbreaking movie. Like, it's just, um, I don't know. I, I, not many movies made me cry, like, uh, as, as much as, like, like this one. Th- this is a different cry. Um, and I don't know, just the slow deterioration of him over, over the, the span of the movie and, you know, just seeing him drink more and more and more and, the relationship suffering and then oh, yeah, just the end oh man i just i uh i don't know probably only a movie I, I have seen like two or three times i'd say and that would be it but man it's just it is stuck with me um but still down at at 83 um i dig it i dig it my 83 is actually a movie i've only watched once that's because it came out earlier this year and to stick with Spider-Man. I'm going Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Um, making it my third animated movie thus far. Second of the episode. Um, this, I mean, as far as animation is concerned. This movie is fucking nuts. Like, uh, the way this movie looks is ridiculous. There are points where I'm like, I can't believe this is a commercially successful box office blockbuster of a movie and it's some of the most like artful animation you'll ever see where it feels like it's one of those niche movies that you won't find unless you go digging for it like that's Mm. the kind of animation it has um Mm. at points and you're just this is a real frame from a blockbuster that made over 700 million dollars you know like that's that's amazing i love that people are getting exposed to animation that's as good as this and uh it continues to evolve the story of miles morales in a really really uh, compelling way continues on the first movie which is much much higher on my list several (laughs) weeks away um it's a it, it, it continues that story in a really compelling way my only reason it's not higher is because it's a part one of two Across the Spider-Verse yeah. and Beyond the Spider-Verse will belong together. Part one across ends on a massive cliffhanger. Uh, there is little to no resolution in the movie. It's just the, uh, a giant setup and it's very, very cool. You know, like it is, mm. it's basically getting by on how fun it is to look at. Um, and if Beyond can go ahead and seal that shit, it's going to be, you know, we just talked about how Guardians is probably the best comic book trilogy of all time if beyond lands at, that's a short reign that uh guardians <laughs> yeah. is gonna have um yeah man i still haven't gotten around to it sadly uh yeah. that's why I was, that's why i'm trying to be a little no, bit 
to speak That's to what I was going to say. Yeah, I've heard a lot about his performance, though. He's like, so very, very good. Me. I love Issa Rae. Big year for Issa Rae. She was, uh, she was a uh, Spider Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was one of the Spider Woman variants. She was also President Barbie. Um, oh, in the Barbie okay. movie. Um, Andy Samberg has got a little role as Ben Riley. Uh, just all the Spider people are back in their bag, and it's a lot of fun to watch. Man, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully Beyond comes out and they've treated their animators well and things have changed. Um because if this is what they're doing when they are in hell, I would like to see what they do when they're in heaven. You know what I'm saying? I'm like I I want to see what the animators will cook if they are in good conditions getting paid properly. Mm. Like yeah, that's yeah, I mean, going to be delayed for quite some time, I think. But I think that's a a good. Hey, there was a five year gap between Across and uh, the first one, and it was crunched. So like, how it's going to be? Were they expecting to do a whole nother? <laughs> they had no fucking chance. Their yeah. plan was to abuse workers. That was that was the entire plan. Um, so yeah. I'm hoping at bare minimum five, bare minimum five years. I'd be cool waiting into the 2030s, bro. Like, if that's what it takes for y'all to make a suitable sequel to these two movies, then mm. fucking do it. Uh, yeah. Across is a, it's, it's a special one. It's one that I think would get better with a second viewing, just like knowing that they're, I knew it was a part one of two, but I've watched a lot of part ones that do can like kind of end the story itself. as it was told while leaving stuff open. I don't think there's hardly any of that in Across the Spider-Verse. Um, wow yeah i don't know i have to i'm def i I just got to guardians so i'm making i'm making my way slowly as these these catching up yeah i guess released digitally um but kind of a shame that it is releasing digitally so so soon after it Mm. is released and then people are just gonna rip it and and or do whatever uh because is this going to disney plus at all or is it like uh, across the spider-verse i don't know i don't think so because into the spider-verse isn't over there i think because it is just sony and has nothing to do with marvel studios oh that this, uh oh i didn't know that Did it they, has something to do i mean like in association with it's or, in association with marvel so it does have the mar like i think it's marvel studios in name basically and there are a few uh there's some there's some fun cameos that are just like ah yeah to let you know and a lot of mentions like there's a mention where it's like a uh, Oscar Isaac goes like don't even get me started on that little twerp and Doctor Strange talking about the way people are fucking up the multiverse and like uh oh. so it's just a nice little like oh yeah that exists and we know it exists sort of thing uh, I see yeah yeah um, yeah I like I, I like Across the Spider Verse a lot and it has the potential to be elevated like crazy if Beyond is a suitable sequel so. Uh, that's and what I got at eighty three. Eventually, when we get to the my Spidey movies, I I have them back to back, and I've I've been going back and forth on which one I have over the other. Um, and I kind of have like uh, my Toby Spider Man kind of representing them all. And then, yeah, and but I don't. I I've been going back and forth. I don't. I don't know which one I. I think they're both just kind of tied. Like it's it's if I want that nostalgic feeling or if I want just like a really really just great a good movie. fucking movie, man. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, that, those, those will come much later though. Uh, that's, that's for sure. I think, uh, I think Spider-Man with Spider-Man, uh, across the Spider-Verse and into the Spider-Verse 
don't think there's another superhero who occurs three times on my list, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know that Miles Morales and Peter Parker are different characters, but the Spider-Man branding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, d- I only have two Batman movies. I only have one Superman mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hey, Spider-Man reigning supreme movie-wise. Well, moving on, we're sticking with Spider-Man a little bit. One of the Spider-Men, uh, Andrew Garfield, is the lead in this movie. Um, another war movie that a lot, lot more on the humanitarian side um, with Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, yeah, that came out in 2016, directed by Mel Gibson. Um, and Mel. Yeah, this, I just, I mean, it's a war movie, but, I mean, the main character is a guy that doesn't even carry a gun and is completely against the idea of carrying a gun, so he just goes out and saves Every pro, everyone that he can, also oh. based off a true story, which is insane. If like this, like really happened, which is nuts. The amount of work this dude had to go through to literally like pull himself up a cliff, get another person, go back down, have that person be all safe and sound, go right back up into gunfire and do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, I love Andrew Garfield. He's becoming. One of my favorite actors, um, very very quickly, especially with like Tick Tick Boom. After that, I'm yeah. like, oh man, that I love rap. It was that was it. Um, he's a yeah. he's a fantastic performer. This is one of one of the big. This is one of the big blind spots for me, Andrew Garfield wise. I've never watched Hacksaw Ridge as well. Ooh, um, yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like this is a, a war movie you would actually like. Right. Uh, that is is it's not. I mean, and there's like even like a little love story in there too. Uh, with them, I mean, it's it it's very. There are some parts that are pretty war war y, but I mean, it's it's very more focused on the saving as many people as we can instead of hmm. you know um doing the doing all the killing. Yeah, he he just oh, doesn't even doesn't even carry a gun. He's he's against it. And they're like, hey, just just take this. You might need it. You know, like dude, like yeah. he's like, no, I don't feel like I, it. I don't need it. And it's just, oh, I don't know. He plays Desmond Doss. Um, Desmond in this Doss. One. Sam Worthington is that? Avatar, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jake. I was I was gonna say that he lo- he did look familiar, but yeah, he's a uh, Captain Glover in there. Um, Trisha Vaughn sure. is in it. Yeah, yeah, he's uh he's the kind of like their uh instructor, the guy you know that just yells at him. Uh, sergeant. Yeah, sergeant probably. Um, Hugo Weaving's even in it. Wow, I didn't. I remember him. He's Tom. Cast. Oh, Tom Doss. He's he's his father, I guess. Um, Andrew Garfield's Hugo dad. Hugo Weaving plays Andrew Garfield's dad, huh? I guess Hugo Weaving is is an old, much older, not, not much older than Andrew Garfield, right? I mean, I guess twenty years is enough. Yeah. Uh, Tom Do- I could be his. I mean, I would assume the dad. Um, same last name could be an, a brother, I guess, maybe. But uh, uh, Hugo Weaving was I'd born say. in 1960, and Andrew Garfield was yeah. definitely post 1980. Would be my yeah. guess. I'd yeah, say 1983. So 23, 23 year age gap. That's more than more than capable of being his father. That's kind of wild. I just, I guess, whenever I think about Hugo Weaving, I think about Hugo Agent Weaving Smith. 23 years ago, 25 yeah. years ago. So, <laughs> uh, he was like 40s. Um. Yeah, but, but uh, man, no, this one, I don't know. I'd say, I'd say you, you could get behind this one for sure. All right, um, I'll have to give know. it a look. See, it's yeah, always, it's always been one that I've been intrigued by because of Andrew Garfield. Um, 
and pretty much solely because of Andrew Garfield. There's mm-hmm. not a lot else that draws me to that movie because uh, I'm not a not a particularly a fan at all of Mel Gibson. Mm. Uh, but Andrew Garfield, that's tempting. I like that. I like that. Oh, Braveheart. Duh. I'm like, what do I know Mel Gibson from the most? And it's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Braveheart. Doesn't make this list. Not a war movie that's that's on mine. But definitely one of my, a dad movie, too. My mom even likes Braveheart. I just was talking, uh, which is surprising. Um, well, Mel Gibson was also a very prominent actor rather yeah. than director. Um, that's what I thought. I, when I saw director, I did direct Mel, Braveheart. Wow. Um, he did direct Braveheart and star in Braveheart Signs, Lethal Weapon, Mad Max, uh, bunch, bunch of sh- the Patriot, the uh, very, very, uh, big movie star in his heyday. Yeah. Um, yeah, learn it. Also, I don't know. Learn it just so shit. much about, yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard. I don't know why, yeah. but I've, I've. I have a I have a memory that he's not the best dude for whatever. No, reason. not a great guy by any means, Mel Gibson. So. Uh, not 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 the guy. Not my guy. Uh, but uh, am I eighty two? Eighty two, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I got my second James Mangold movie. The first was Dial of Destiny. Uh, his send off to a historic character and a historic actor. Mm-hmm. And my second and final James Mangold movie is another send off to a wonderful character and a wonderful actor. Logan, 2017, directed oh. by James Mangold. Mm-hmm. Um, there, the only reason this movie is this low is because I haven't watched it in a while. You know, like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's another one of those where I'm like, I fucking love this movie. Just haven't seen it in a while. And therefore I've watched a bunch of movies and gone, ah, I like that a lot. Um, I, your Logan's one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. Top five, uh, with ease. And I think that, uh, Hugh Jackman, as much as, you know, he's, he's kind of perceived as a bad fit for the role. I love him in that role, man. The I longest standing role. comic book role of all time, right? Or comic yeah, book actor. Yeah, most, most movie appearances. He's, uh, I think it's him and Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Oh, okay. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's um, as RDJ is not far behind. Would that be Iron Man one? It like shows up, or is it two? Yeah, I think Iron Man. I think the I think the end of Iron Man, Captain America. Um, don't think he's in Thor, the Avengers. Like, I think he's been in at least twelve movies. Like, he's been in a ton of shit. Um, but Hugh Jackman, he's he's been. Every really single long, X Men movie, like, except for wise, yeah, yeah like, uh, and he's still going. Yes, uh, got him yeah. in Deadpool three as well in a comic accurate costume. Yeah, that's gonna be nice. That's oh, it nice looks to good see. too. The fucking leaks. But, he is he is immaculate. In glad that this is this is on here because I, I limited my my comic book movies uh, quite a bit, and this was like the one that was just outside my comic. Oh book. no, kidding! This um, is one that I yeah I. I think I, it I is. Told you, I limited my comic book movies, yeah. and it was one that I refused to get rid yeah, of. You had um, to, yeah. And I, I mean, I think it is just because I haven't seen it in such a long time, too. Like it, it has been quite some time. And I, the next time I watch it, I feel like I want to watch uh, it in black and white, the noir. Yeah, the noir, the noir like version that. is very, very solid. I, uh, I still haven't seen it in noir. I quite enjoy it in both, both color and in black and white. It's, a, it's a gorgeous movie, and uh, 
a lot more visually innovative and excitingly directed than I would say James Mangold's work on Dial of Destiny was. I think this is definitely mm. easily the better movie. And as you can see here, I have it also above it in favorites. Um, but I'm not, I'm not very familiar with James Mangold's work outside of this. I want to see Ford versus Ferrari so bad. Got to watch that at some point. Um, we'll get there. We'll get to that. Actually. Yeah. Um, very soon. Lovely. Uh, not in this episode, though, but but yeah, uh-huh. yeah, another James Mangold movie that one. So like, uh, a b- very busy guy is gonna he's gonna do the Star Wars New Jedi Order movie. He's gonna oh. do a Swamp Thing movie, um, for DCU. Like, uh, James Mangold's gonna stick around as a very prominent director, and I'm very glad he will because if they're anything like Logan, then we're in for a fucking treat. Uh, love Hugh Jackman. Seeing Patrick Stewart back as Professor X was awesome. Uh, I loved Laura Kinney. Uh, I love the introduction to that character, X-22. If there is, mm. uh, there, if the MCU wanted to just go, actually, our Wolverine is Daphne Keen's, or X-23, Daphne mm. Keen's Wolverine, fuck yeah, do it. I would love that. If Laura Kinney, if you're like, Logan is, Hugh Jackman did that. I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think they'll bring back that fucking character because why wouldn't you? But like, uh, yeah. I would be cool with it if they just went straight to Laura Kenny. Um, yeah. yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they, they like rope him in eventually. Like if there's one that's like, if he's meant to stay or if he's just like a cameo, like, uh, I think, from... it's, I think this is it. Like, yeah, I, I don't think Hugh Jackman's going to be the MCU's Wolverine. In fact, yeah. I think we're going to get, um, I think we're going to get confirmation that he is actively from another universe in yeah. three. I, I hope so. Like, I, I mean, I love Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Like, I don't want to, to say that I don't, but I think it's just time it's to just, pass the mantle. Oh yeah. You know, it, it's, like, it's there's so many great actors out there that, and, a, and it's such a great character that to see it adapted, um, consistently, hopefully consistently. Well, you know, I guess the MCU doesn't have the best track record with adaptations, but like, um, I think the X-Men at this point, you've seen how it's received when mm. it's not a great adaptation. Why wouldn't you just go ahead and make it a good adaptation? You know what I'm saying? So like, uh, yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I, I love Logan and it was such a great send off to a wonderful character. And I understand why some people are upset that he's returning because of this movie's send off action. Uh, but. I don't know. It's just never been that big of a deal to me. I can make sense of it in my head that this is later in the a, character story. Um, yeah. So it's just a younger, just a younger version of the character could be a multiversal character version of the character. So I'm like, I know it was like a send off to the actor and like, Oh, it was like, that was part of the marketing, mm-hmm. but like, he's, a, he's an actor, man. He's got to eat, version. you know, he, if, yeah. if the biggest paycheck he's ever been offered is to be in Deadpool three, why would, why the fuck would he not be in Deadpool three? You know what I'm saying? So like, uh, Oh, yeah. I love me some Hugh Jackman. We'll wait and see. Whatever won't be his last. Play. Won't be his last appearance on this list either. Hugh Jackman. Uh, several. Uh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I got. I got. I got a couple of him in here. Um, but yeah, okay. Let's see. Where are we at? Eighty-one. Wow, we're almost there. Um, eighty-one. I'm going back to two thousand two. Um, and this is Doug Lehman's uh, "The Born Identity" mm. um, with uh, Matt Jesus Damon. Christ, it's Jason Bourne. Yeah. The first one, um, I and I, I think I've I've I know I've seen the first one in totality a couple times, uh, but the other ones, my dad, this is another dad obsession movie here. My dad's a big one. My dad loves the Bourne movies. 
Yeah, but but the first one, I don't know. It's kind of you know he's he's a James Bond. You just uh, are kind of like a oh, what's Tom or Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible? Ethan uh, Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt. You kind of just you know uh, one of those just, guys. It's an agent, uh, badass, but you know he, he doesn't remember. He has amnesia. Doesn't quite remember where all of his where he came where he came from. What, what even his life was before. But he still has all those ninja moves and all the all the skills that he learned. You know and everything. Um, and I don't know. I just like it. Matt Damon. This is like what I know Matt Damon from. This is what like I I was introduced to Matt Damon as. Um, I have a a few more Matt Damon. Uh, mm, yeah, here. Matt Damon. Very prominently featured actor in a lot of great movies. Yeah, uh, yeah I love love me some Matt Damon. So like, uh, you'll never hear a peep out of me. Uh, but Born, that's that's one that I didn't I didn't think of. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the Born identity though. Born supremacy and legacy mm-hmm. and ultimatum. And yeah, yeah. Like, I feel shit. like I've seen them just here and there. Like it was just my dad was watching. I'd walk down after like thirty minutes into, and I'm like, ah, sure, I'll sit, I'll sit and watch the rest. I don't know. And uh, born identity—that's the one. That's the one you've yeah. seen and you remember yeah. seeing. Oh yeah. Um, but I guess uh, let's see. I guess I have a couple franchise movies on here. I guess Saw, a franchise movie. Um, this one, Born Identity, is I guess no Star is more not franchise, just a remake. Um, I didn't know that that Barbara Streisand. Oh yeah. Was, you know a few had, a few. Yeah, I that, think that's the Barbara Streisand one. It's a remake. That's, yeah. yeah, that's a remake even. Um. Let's see. I guess Incredibles. Is that is that franchise? No, or, I don't think Pixar what, is technically a franchise. Classic, yeah, what a production classic, company? Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that that'd be it. Um, out of my yeah, I've got a few. I got a few franchise movies for sure. Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, Logan. Um, got another one, and yeah, four out of the several. Yeah, but franchise movie. Who's the the female lead in the? Yeah, uh, Franca Poten. Poten? Poten? I I don't know how to pronounce that. I I'm very sorry, but she plays Marie in here. Just this like a girl that just has a car that Matt Damon offers a briefcase yep. full of money, and then she's like, "Ah, oh, well, I'm too deep into this now. Kind of have to, you know, run with you for now." And she has to, you know, cut her hair, bleach it, yeah. whole change her identity, everything like that. Like just got roped into this um this chaos. But I don't know, just a. I love I love Matt Damon um, in this one. I just I remember just after watching this as a kid, I'd always just like I don't know imagine myself as a guy with amnesia, but still knows all all of these skills and, and yeah. I learned. And I'm just yeah going. To- I can't tell you how much I've gone. Jesus Christ! It's Jason Bourne. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I mean that was that that was a freaking huge meme for. Yeah, for several I, years. Oh my yeah. god, yeah, that's just all you heard for for a couple months straight. Um, but yeah, I mean the the first. I mean, I, I'm sure the the other movies are great. Uh, I just haven't really watched them in in full. Um, but I, I I really do like the first one, uh, and that's that's Very what's up good. here at eighty eighty one, second to last one on this list. Right. Yeah. I actually yeah, the the Bourne movies. I have made my way through at some point. I remember watching the Bourne movies. Uh, but the first one, that's a very, that's one that I almost, I forgot about and might've made my top 100, but, uh, major blind spot for me. I've never seen any James Bond movies, never oh. watched any of yeah. them. I guess I've um, probably only seen one really. 
Yeah, no, I'm like, and I want to watch all of them. Like, I want to see them very, very bad. Um, just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, I love Daniel Craig. I love Pierce Brosnan. You know, uh, I, I love Sean Connery. So, like, I know yeah. I'd like these fucking movies. You know, I just haven't, haven't gotten around to it. Uh, I, uh, so I don't have any Bourne movies. I don't have any, uh, mm. I don't have any Bond movies. Yeah, I, I do have, I do have a Mission Impossible movie. I do um, as well. Yeah, I've only seen one, and I really liked it. I just really liked. I don't know. It's a very good movie. It's a very good movie. Uh, But uh, I don't have any Fast and Furious movies. It's not exactly the same kind of movie, but I don't have any Mm -hmm. of those. Um, So, like, I do have some franchises going here, and I have some franchises going hard. But uh, there are a few that I missed for sure. Um, Don't have any Harry Potter. No Harry Potter movies Mm -hmm. in mind. That was close. That was right outside. Right outside mine was Harry Potter. but yeah, yeah, I don't know. But uh, speaking of the franchise movies, um, the stuff that Steven Spielberg would go on to do because he couldn't do a Bond movie, uh, his original legacy sequel for the franchise, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, released in 2008, directed by Steven Spielberg. I fucking love Indiana Jones. This movie catches an insane amount of shit and people have gone back and looked very fondly on it after Dial of Destiny. So they're mm. like, oh wait, maybe Kingdom of the Crystal Skull wasn't so bad. And if there was another Indiana Jones movie in 20 years, they'd go, wait a minute, maybe Dial of Destiny wasn't so bad. You know, it's just uh, it's just how time works. Um, but I love Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I love Cate uh, Blanchett is the villain in that one. Um, you see the return of Marion Ravenwood, which was a lot of fun. She, she comes back into the fold after not having been in any of the movies since Raiders. Um, she gets mentioned a couple times, a couple times in the last crusade, if I remember correctly, but I don't think she's in it. Um, and, uh, it's just fucking fun. You know, I I said interdimensional alien beings is the like, wow, we're really going there with Indiana. He survives a nuclear bomb blast because he gets in a lead lined. He gets, he gets into a lead lined refrigerator and he just goes flying and rolls right out. And he's just fine. Yeah. You know, I fucking love that stuff. You know, I I love that it's, uh, he's facing off with like the Soviets because it's like cold war era. Which makes it like very like oh, first okay. one's Nazis, the second one we won't talk about that. The third one is so Soviets, uh, and or, or the third okay. one is Nazis again, and the fourth one is Soviets. So like they're like, hey, fascists throughout history, you can get behind this. Um, yeah, there was an indie film on in the living room, uh, like two days ago, um, and all I remember was very like it was not Nazis were in this one, they were in a tank kind of heading towards the end of a cliff. Um, and That's the last crusade. That's the last crusade. Okay. okay. I was wondering just which one. That That'll was. be several weeks away. Oh, uh, okay. that, that's okay. that's another one that I don't have for a while. Um, but Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, it's one that I'm comfortable putting a little lower in, in my top 100. Like I said last week, or not last week, last episode of the top 100, because I had Dial of Destiny at 90. Um, all five indie movies are here. All five of them are here, and this one I, I hold so very, very dearly just because it was kind of... I remember being eight, and I think I watched this without having watched any of the other Indiana Jones movies. Mm-hmm. Like I just watched Kingdom of the Crystal Skull at some point when I was a young kid. Um, 
and it kind of planted the seed in my mind that I would eventually love Indiana Jones, and uh, I absolutely do now. And uh, be the coolest job ever, just an adventurer, really. Yeah, you know, just archaeologist. Like, God, that'd actually be so cool. It would. Uh, to do. It's like that belongs in a museum. Yeah. Uh, fucking Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, love Harrison Ford to death, man. And this was uh, he he was fantastic in this one. And him having to act off Kate Blanchett pretty much the whole time as the villain of the yeah. movie. Like that's I love Kate Blanchett. So that's another reason I love this movie. Um, it's just just a goodie, man. I I. I love the indie franchise and Indy four, uh, you know, Indy five is a suitable send off. Indy four was a suitable send off. <laughs> Indy three also a suitable send off. So like, uh, I, I appreciate that. They yeah. just keep letting Harrison Ford say goodbye to the role. Um, <laughs> maybe one more. No, there's no way after this one, right? Like there's this, it, this is the final goodbye. Not after. A yeah. No, no more indie movies. This yeah. is, if there's another movie set in the Indiana Jones mythos, I'm hoping it's Kikwan returning as short round because he's in Temple of Doom um, as a as like a young eight year old sidekick mm-hmm. to Indiana Jones um, or 10 year old sidekick or whatever. And uh, I'm hoping like maybe one day we can get a Kikwan spinoff or Phoebe Waller Bridge was really good in Dial of Destiny. I hope they kind of give her something, too. But uh, that was something cool about Dial of Destiny that I forgot to bring up last week is that Phoebe Waller-Bridge voices L3 in Star Wars mm-hmm. and Solo. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character L3 gets loaded into the Millennium Falcon, which obviously Harrison Ford very famously uh, piloted. Uh-huh. So uh, it was basically him and the Millennium Falcon hanging out uh, all throughout Dial of Destiny. <laughs> That's which cool. Is, yeah, it's a fun little meta crossover. But uh yeah. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, man, I love it. It's a, it's, it's got that '60s vibe, '50s vibe, uh, mm-hmm. late '60s, I think, is more accurate. But uh, yeah, man, it's fucking good. Oh yeah, definitely a franchise. I'm, I'm getting to maybe late after- '50s. I might be tripping, but regardless, yeah, Cold War around there sometime. You know, if it's, I'm like Dial of Destiny was '70s, and he's like much older in Dial of Destiny than he was in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So I'm going '50s. Because uh, they had like the greaser, uh, pink lady vibe. So it's fifties. It's fifties. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Fifty-seven. Yeah. Late fifties. Uh, in fifty-seven. So there you go. All right. Well, I guess we've reached the top of this list so far. Uh, number eighty, and uh, we've had a lot of dad movies. I guess like movies that just dads yeah. like. This one's yeah, a mom I one. movie. I think. I think this oh, one's a mom cool. movie. Yeah, no, this at least my mother is obsessed with this movie. And I feel like it's on my it's on the living room. I am not shitting you. Like probably two times a week. Like it's it's just all the time. Um and uh it is in 2009. John Lee Hancock directed uh The Blind Side. The um, Blind Side. Yeah, with Sandra Big Bullock. mom movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, I feel I don't know. My mom, it's it's one of my mom's favorite movies. She likes The Blind Side, Mamma Mia, um, The Proposal. I think she just really likes Sandra Bullock. Um, she doesn't love Mamma Mia though. Yeah, yeah. Mamma Mia, another one that is outside my top one hundred, but on my favorite movies ever list. Yeah, I will tell you yeah. That. Just just ask my mom what her favorite movies were, and and um, The Blind Side, Mamma Mia, The Proposal, Grease. Um, and I feel my mom like would throw in The Notebook. Maybe Love that was it. Notebook. Maybe that was it. 
Uh, I think it might have been just the proposal. Maybe that was it. The notebook, know. another one that was on yeah. this list, but just outside the top mm. 100. Wow. Um, but yeah, I know Blindside, just a, a feel good movie. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not one for like sports movies, but that's not really what this is about really at all. Like the, the football is very, very, um, a side story, uh, compared to like the main story. Just, just, uh, like a, an adopted son, you know, like they eventually adopt my, you know, it's a, a true story as well, which is, is insane. But Michael Orr or Ower, oh, yeah, Mike, uh, O H E R, um, yeah, Orr. um, just in, you know, it, his mom kind of, I don't know if, if she purposefully gave him up or just kind of he left on his own and kind of was fine in his own way. But then uh, Sandra Bullock, you know, just took him in and then eventually adopted him and, and, you know, made sure he went through school and then eventually went on to be, I think, the first pick in the draft eventually. Like he was a... Uh, um, Pretty sure he got drafted. Oh, it was a big deal. Play for the play for the Titans. Play for the Ravens. Yeah. He was a, a very very prominent uh, O oh, yeah. lineman in the league for a long time. But man, my my mom, she's an easy crier. That's for sure. She uh she'll cry at very very simple things. But man, this movie, it is like there's so many cries in this movie that she has, and and she she like just walk away at some points now. Like she's seen the movie so much that she's like, all right, I don't need to cry again at this, you know. My, my for the thousandth time she'll just walk away and like go do something in the other room and then wait wait for it to be over um but no i just i don't know just a, a really good feel good movie that's just another one of those that my family just watches all the time um and still to this day like i mean it's on all the time downstairs mm. um i think just i don't know what channel it's on but it's on it's on live tv all the time yeah, very, uh, very TNT, TBS ass movie. Sounds like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it, I feel like there's probably like a blindside marathon where it's the only movie on all day or something. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but I, or maybe just there is a blindside channel at this point. Uh, it's, it seems yeah, it's like, like watch this movie for a while. <laughs> but, but well, yeah, you like it. We know you do. Mm-hmm. Just uh, a feel. Just if it, it, it feels good at the end of it. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. All right, The Blind Side. Yeah, that's one I haven't seen in years. And was I mean, like, I played football for a few years, so like, there was I mean, a few years. I played for like ten years of my life. But like, uh, there's there there was a series of football movies from like twenty nine two thousand nine to like twenty fifteen that just I mean, like, remember the Titans even before that in two thousand and stuff mm-hmm. like all sorts of football movies that I just loved watching then that I just, I just don't, I just don't watch much anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. When the game stands tall, I remember like the entire South football team was taken to a movie theater to watch that one. Oh. Um, yeah, that was, they were like, yeah, football movie. Let's go. We like, okay. Um, we do that. We play football. Yeah. We, football. Good. Football movie must be good. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, would have no. died in football. I stayed away from that. I mean, I, I, that just wasn't built for football. My Love mind. me. I was, I was in fact built for football, um, yeah, and no, little I'm... else. Um, but yeah, not, I don't think I have, I don't have many sports movies on here. Mm, and the sports yeah. movies I do have on here, like they're loosely sports movies. Yeah. You know? I think I only have one more, uh, sports movie on here, I think. And it's coming up very soon, um, in the list, actually. I, trying to think oh i just had one that hit my mind that i kind of forgot about 42 
Mm, uh, with uh, Chadwick, yeah, playing yeah, Chadwick Jackie and Harrison Ryan. Ford. And I forgot about that one. That that might have made it. Yeah, I, I actually mean. don't think I, I have one movie where a sport is played, and I don't <laughs> think you can ne- you can technically call it a sports movie. Mm. Um, which uh, you know, there's a lot of sports movies I really like. I loved The Sandlot. You know, when I was mm-hmm. younger. I was, oh yeah, that. yeah. It's mostly baseball movies. Baseball movies always hit the spot a little bit more for me than any other sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basketball, you know, Coach Carter, that was a good one. Um, Tropic Thunder. Tropic uh, Thunder. There's a, there's a basketball yeah. movie. I don't, I don't know. Bears and High School Musical whenever Troy. Moneyball. Yep. High School Musical 2, baby. How about yeah. that? That was the baseball one. I want to play ball, not dance hall. Yeah. Oh, oh, and jumping out of curtain call. I know a lot of lyrics from High School in Musical. In 3. He doesn't even play golf, but it's like one of my my like uh that one oh yeah, bet, bet on, on it. it. Oh bet on it. God, was that just like everybody's man. always talking at oh, me? Slap of the pool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Nah. I know all of the high school musical songs. Hey, uh, I was six when the first one came out, eight when the third one came out. Yeah. I was the audience. You know what I'm saying? Like that was Oh yeah. I mean Vanessa Hudgens time was in my like life. A, a childhood crush, but I'm pretty oh, sure like Zac Efron as Troy also, Bolton was like, yeah, just, just, he was right there with, I mean, guy. like, oh my God, yeah. yeah, that's just the guy. I loved Chad Danforth. I loved Chad. I actually don't, ah, that's, if, if I had my nostalgic section, mm, high school music would have been there. Yeah, uh, it's in there. Uh, but, uh, now to top off my list, definitely not High School Musical, um, uh, and I'd say definitely not The Blind Side either. This one's a uh, dark comedy that I absolutely adore, and uh, I had a Cohen movie in the '90s with Burn After Reading. This is my second Cohen movie of the top 100 with Fargo from 1996, directed by Joel Cohen, starring Francis McDormand. And Ooh. William H. Macy and Peter Stormare and Steve Buscemi. Uh, fantastic, fantastic movie. Uh, like I said, extremely darkly comic as the Coens are one to do. One of those narratives that's just like, how the fuck? Why the fuck? How does this keep getting worse? Kind of, you know, like, how can this situation possibly get worse in the funniest way poss- possible? That's what this movie is. Um, and that's what most Coen movies are. Um, there are obviously exceptions, but they're comedies. They are darkly funny, and this is one of them. Um, a a cab, except Francis McDormand and Fargo. Uh, <laughs> she's she's fucking awesome huh. as as this uh, as this character. One of my favorite movie cops of all time, if not my favorite movie cop of all time. Uh, playing Marge Gunderson, uh, absolutely. Oh, big and time, you're... big time Minnesota. Like, uh, this is the, Ooh. this is the kind of vibe that they're bringing in the movie. Uh, this oh. is, this is where the whole movie takes place. They got this thing going on the whole time. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I don't think I'm a big fan of your police work there, Bill. Um, uh, uh, it's, wow. it's hilarious. Wow. William H. Macy, uh, his character is lo- wanting to make some money, uh, off of his, father-in-law who is obscenely rich he's a uh he's he's basically just a venture capitalist um and he's brought to him a bunch of proposals all of which this man has turned down um so what he's doing is he's setting up the kidnapping of his wife so that her father will pay the ransom 
and then the ransom will go in his pocket. Okay. Um, wow. But I, like he can't. He's like doing this in secret. Like, yes. It's not yes. Him. And who he goes to is Steve Buscemi <laughs> and Peter Stormare. Wow. Uh, wow. And that's kind of that's the launching off point for the movie. So. Francis McDormand is the the police officer investigating this because shit goes deeper and deeper, wilder and wilder. Just re- the, the worst thing you could possibly think to happen is probably going to happen to somebody. Like it's a it, it's an extremely funny movie, extremely good movie. I can't recommend. Like the Coens have a great track record, and this is top two. I only have one more for me. Um, of the ones I've seen, because I've only seen four Cohen movies, but from what I hear, they've got some crazy good ones outside of those. Um, I only got one more on this list, and it's much higher up. But uh, I was wondering where I knew Peter Stormare from, and he was Satan in Constantine. Yeah, very recently he was. Yeah. He was. Yeah, I was like, man, that guy looks so familiar. We just that talked about that. Oh, um, that's uh, that's. I'm pretty sure he was also in maybe Prison Break. Um, let's see. He was in Armageddon. Let's see. Um, going down. Maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm like prison break. break. Wow. Um. Okay. A lot of John Wick Chapter Two. He's Abram. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Manhattan. He's an Arrow. I guess the the TV show Air Green Arrow. Yeah. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, Peter Stormare, John Abruzzi. He played John Abruzzi in Prison Break. He was like the mob boss who gets like mowed down with like a ton of bullets. Um, Man, it's been a while since I've seen that. Yeah, um, I, I remember very little about that show, but yeah. uh, that was a good for show. Some though. reason, I remember that Peter Stormare was in it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Steve. How do you say his last name? Buscemi. Uh, Buscemi. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Yeah, wow. that's the guy who is in charge of kidnapping this man's wife. Um, awesome. William H. Macy, uh, he works at a car dealership. And so he's like, I'm going to give you guys a car. You're going to take the car. And then we'll also go ahead and uh, we're going to, you know, I'll also give you $10,000 on top of that. Um, is the wife in on it or does she have no, no idea? No, the wife has no idea. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that. Uh, it sounds like a that that sounds like a fun movie. I love uh, other movies where it's just like, oh my god, how you know, like it's just oh, going the, off the rails. That is what the Coens do, man. Like yeah, uh, that's, that's Burn cool. After Reading, Fargo, The Big Lebowski, which I it's that's the other one I have much higher up. Mm-hmm. Um, Hail Caesar is another one of those sorts of movies. I've never seen it, but I've heard a lot about it in that regard. Um, but yeah, it's a. I love Fargo. So that's, that is what I top the episode off with here at 80. It also got adapted into a TV show with Jesse Plemons. And that's what uh, I thought. okay, yeah. I was like, I know I have, I've heard of it from somewhere else other than just the movie. Uh, Cause the movie didn't look too familiar. Um, but okay. That that's probably what I was thinking of. Um, yeah. Okay. For some, I don't know why that just, it just looks more familiar, uh, but still haven't, haven't seen either, but uh, I don't know. I've, have to check out the Coens because those are those are fun movies, just dark oh, comedies like that. They've got a, they've got that shit in the bag. Um, Burn after reading and Fargo are specifically so fucking good. Um, they're more. I think that Burn after reading is probably their most laugh out loud funny movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but the big Lebowski, the the line, the one liners in that movie are just fucking ridiculous. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I got Fargo at eighty, and thus concludes this week for me. Yeah, there we are, another one down in the books. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So we've only got the 70s, 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, 20s, teens, and top 10, baby. Uh, that's all. That's all. Only eight more parts. Um, and I'm, I'm ecstatic to get into it. Um, because I, like I said, these movies only get better and better the higher up we get. Or oh, yeah. I, I love them more and more the higher up we get, I should say. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, but yeah, let's, uh, Let's go Running top back. to bottom there. Starting with you, you got eighty through eighty nine. What do you What do you got? Got eighty, The Blind Side. Eighty one, The Born Identity. Eighty two, Hacksaw Ridge. Eighty three, A Star Is Born. Eighty four, Nineteen Seventeen. Eighty five, Captain Phillips. Eighty six, Saw. Eighty seven, Sinister. Eighty eight, The Strangers. And eighty nine, Three Hundred. I've got it. Eighty, Fargo. 81, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. 82, Logan. 83, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. 84, Spider-Man. 85, Psycho. 86, Night of the Living Dead. 87, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. 88, Tenet. And 89, Rashomon. And thus, we conclude the first week of our Top 100 Uh, first two parts down eight more to go and i am so very excited um next week we're back with parts three and four the 70s and 60s and then after that only one a week until we reach the top 10 and i i greatly look forward to that i'm I'm so excited um but yeah with that i think we'll conclude this episode of the penny bloom podcast if you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you find over 50 hours of exclusive content. On the $1.50 tier, you get some written reviews as well. And uh, something I'm trying to get published or might have already published by the time this is out is a uh, I- I'm doing like a first viewings project. And I watched a lot of good movies for the first time in August or in July, and I'm going to go ahead and rank the top 10 first viewings I had movies I'd never seen before, which mm. some of them will be appearing on this top 100 because of mm. how good they were. Um, and I'm, I'm so very excited, uh, to, to start ranking some more movies. I love movies, love talking movies, love writing movies. So over there for $3 a month or $1.50 a month, you can support this podcast financially at patreon.com slash penny bloom pod, which is huge. Cause it costs me money and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom podcast. Remember to leave a five star rate and review wherever you might be listening and share us with a friend. Uh, means a lot to us. And remember to return because on Friday we're continuing our comic book movie journey through film with fantastic four. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of weird look- how it's lining up with some like cast, maybe cast revealings. Who knows if it's actually yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. but. Uh, um, yeah. for the new one, um, yeah, Vanessa Kirby mm-hmm. in the, uh, in the Sue storm role, Joseph uh, Quinn, Joseph He's Quinn, human Stranger torch things. Is that, yeah, is that what yeah. he was? Yeah. 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 Uh, Eddie, um, Eddie indeed. But, but, uh, be cool to see who we got coming up, but, um, new fan cast that I really want 
and I tweeted about I, I I quote tweeted whoever said it earlier. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, uh, the gentleman who played Robbie in Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer's friend who would always feed him, like he'd like give him an orange. Yeah, him is the thing. Him is oh, Ben Grimm. Yes, uh, David Crumoltz. Love that oh, I guy. Wonder, I wonder if they'll come around on the Jew, like, and if they'll cast a Jewish actor or not. This hoping time. so. I'm hoping yeah, so. Feels very nice. important for the thing, and David yeah. Crumble would fit the would fit the bill. Uh, I, I would really enjoy that. So, hope, hoping that's the next casting announcement. Yeah. David Crumble says Ben Grimm. I doubt it. I doubt it. I don't <laughs> think Oppenheimer is the star making turn. I want it to be for David Crumble's, but uh, yeah. Uh, Love some David Crumoltz. He's a, he, he needs it. We need a David Crumoltz renaissance. You know, uh, he was in the Santa Claus movies when we were younger. I don't know if you ever mm. watched those. He was Bernard, the like head elf. Um, oh, wow. He was in 10 Things I Hate About You. Like, uh, that's. Just seems like it. a real friend, though, in, Oppen- in Oppenheimer. Just, Good guy. He's always there. Fucking had, guy. Had an orange, already peeled. You know, he already peeled that orange for Oppie, man. You know, how sweet is that? You know, I don't know. That's just. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, you're stressed. You know, you need you need some food. I don't know why I went mob boss there, or like I, mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I went. What kind of vibe about him? Yeah, he's doing. I guess, yeah. thing, you know, uh, <laughs> you, you fucking eat, homie. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it's it, I'm excited to for you guys to hear that Fantastic Four episode because uh, mm-hmm. I love that movie. I have for a very long time yeah. since I was a very young lad. Uh, won't be appearing above Spider-Man, Logan, or across no, the Spider-Verse yeah. in my top 100, but I do love that movie. Um, and we talk about it this Friday. We just concluded season four of Game of Thrones, or we're about... Yeah, we this concluded. week it concluded. Next week is the yeah. start of season five. Yes, this week it concluded season four of Game of Thrones, and next week we begin season five. And I'm very, very excited about it. Um, Game of Thrones, great fucking show. Um mm. And we're we're at the peak of that shit right now, baby. Seasons four and five. Whoo. Yeah. Whoo. Uh yeah. that shit is good. Um so we're we're Golden in the age. thick of it now. Um like I said, next week parts three and th- part three and four of our top one hundred favorites for the movies. And uh yeah, hope hope you come back for that. Um but yeah, with that I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, Hummy. Oh, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. Remember, peace, love, and bloom. And always praise Keanu Reeves.